0: Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. Okay, go. (laughs) Hello, listeners. Welcome to or back to another episode of Black Sheep and Bad Apples. This is a uh, history podcast where I, your host, Lauren O'Brien, try to fit ourselves here, you know, uh, in the proper context of history by uh, taking a look at the past and telling my friends a story about what I find. And uh, this week, my friends that are going to be joining me are Mr. Sam Mitchell and Sean Hill. Oh, we're,
0: we're fucking friends now? We're buddies. You never call.
1: Co-hosts, pals.
0: <laughs>
1: With
0: every single finger broken? Jeez. Hey, a, a,
1: a Skype is technically a call, so don't, don't give me no
0: guts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> What's happening?
1: How are you guys feeling today? You guys excited for this?
0: Fired up, uh- dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came in. I came in pumped.
1: You did, you did. You came in from a confrontation on the street, and uh, immediately we're just like, "Ooh, I almost killed him."
0: It's true. That guy almost died.
1: He did almost die. What a what a merciful thing you did, Sam. So, oh, but not
0: doing any like. Oh <laughs> yes, I'm glad I didn't hit him in the face and knock him in front of the truck. But like he did almost stumble into in, t- in yeah, front of a truck. For sure. Like it. For sure. What an uh, idiot.
1: Yeah sounds well and it's funny because as you were telling this the story earlier you're like dude just get back in your car like with this doesn't have to be a thing and it's like well this is kind of what what happens when you let your anger gets well, the best of you you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean i did kind of, like i i i would be lying if i said i didn't also want to hit this dude and like engage in violence and so, like I, I was talking to, to elsie uh on the on the i called her because i wanted i wanted to tell her about it and i couldn't seem to send a voice message uh and and i said to her you know she was she said you know i'm very glad that this didn't you know escalate into something Mm -hmm. terrible and i was like yeah yeah also (laughs) in the words of conan there's nothing more glorious then vanquishing your enemies <laughs> hearing the lamentations of their women
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that lives inside me just a little bit yeah it's real i feel
1: that i wanted to fight that dude <laughs> so what do you guys know about uh what we're gonna be talking about today nothing yeah I'm nothing just, at all.
0: i'm cold i'm as cold yeah opened as you could possibly be they if, if you froze a beer and popped it that'd be me
1: yeah and and the reason I ask that is just to demonstrate that like you guys usually don't have any clue what we're talking about when we go into any episodes, and that's uh, most of my life. Yeah, yeah. And so this episode is going to be the same. Um, but I I picked this episode because we we recently Fucking just finished a series on the war on women, which was really heartbreaking. It was kind of like looking at the uh you know at feminism and throughout the years and like what that kind of meant and how it developed. And uh, we also did. Sam, you and I did PG and E like seven fucking hours.
0: Oh, and it was just that shit uh, was actually for as long as it was, it was a lot. That was a lot of recording. Yeah, and it was it was one of the I'll tell you, it was one of the most satisfying for me. Yeah, because we got to like hit on this history Mm -hmm. and like California history, and I'll talk shit on California, but I do love it. Yeah, um, but also. You know, it, it spans all the way to today, and it, and like the everything that we talked about is so relevant to anybody who listens to it. Yeah. To understand how these kind of corporations work. Yeah. You know, like here, look, here's the history of them all the way to today. Mm-hmm. This is what they're doing.
1: This Nothing's what they've changed. Been up to, yeah.
0: It's actually like, it's almost like they figured out how to make it worse.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, D- and- did you listen? Did you
2: happen to listen to the telephone prompts that are recorded for him? No. <laughs> no, I
0: forgot about that shit.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Oh, oh yeah. The oh, the Hmong oh, translation and stuff,
2: right? Yeah, you know oh, how you okay. can, when you call up, they're like, press two for Spanish, press yeah. three for whatever. Well, press whatever for Hmong was all recorded here at the studio.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember I remember
2: like that. for like a couple of years.
1: What <laughs> was fuck the name yeah. of
2: that company? Uh the
0: World Translation Center. World Translation Center, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was that was my big contract was PG. <laughs>
0: yeah. And big so, shout out to World shout out to PG.
2: Center.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh so, we've got one of your contractors here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> surprise interview. Sean, could you tell me why you no <laughs> Um but yeah since what was your experience? Since we've been doing a lot of like kind of more heartbreaking episodes of recently I decided to um I decided to do something just a little bit lighter um, and and a little bit funnier than those previous episodes. Um, and this episode does get a little distressing at some points. So like, did you, did you stuff.
2: did you pick a a lighter topic because Sam and I are both on the episode together?
1: Uh, not necessarily.
0: <laughs> That's funny because I told Elsie I was like, I don't know, it might be some real fuckery if he's got me and Sean on here together. <laughs> like it could be. It could be like really evil shit that like no one would ever argue the case of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. <And as> <laughs> we'll see how we we'll goes. And as a note to the listeners, uh, this is our last episode of 2023, and we'll be back in January. Yeah, so uh, yeah, sign off. Happy holidays, off of Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and all that kind of stuff. Um. No. Yeah.
0: Just. Just happy light in the darkness. Happy light in
1: the darkness. It's all
0: it ever is. It's all it's ever been.
1: Yeah, we we (laughs) could discuss like my theory on what uh, the Christmas time feast festival time is supposed to be, but we'll do that another day.
0: Don't go insane and kill your neighbors.
3: Yeah, let's party together (laughs) and share (laughs) a meal. Let's just get
1: drunk and yeah, whatever. Anyway, (sighs) anyway. So James Edward Baker Jr. He was born on July 4th, 1922, in Cincinnati, Ohio. I haven't found out much about his uh, early years, nor his parents. Um, Due to what will come later, it's hard to believe every source that writes about him, so we're going to make kind of distinctions as we go. A questionable source says that his father, Jim Baker Sr., left his mother, Cora Baker, when he was just six months old. So that's pretty sad. IMDB. Dick dick move. Dick move, yeah imdb which admittedly is a weird source but slightly more reliable said that baker's father was a quote detective in chicago who was killed by mobsters under the direction of capone rival roger tuhi end quote
0: oh fucking roger he was a bad one
1: yeah and so yeah he either left his his uh his dad either left his mom or was a detective but according to uh According to the Journal of of Charisma Studies, which is, quote, a journal devoted to the study, reflection, and dissemination of charisma's social impact and power, both good and evil. Um, They describe James's father as, quote, a firefighter who shortly after Jim was born, walked out on the family, leaving his wife Cora to tend to a girl and a toddler by herself. Um, So according to this, James had a sister, but we don't really know anything about her, and we know almost literally nothing about his early life. And what we do know is kind of shrouded in mystery, so I don't know. Just kind of do what you will with that information. Um, and and I think and it's important to note now because it'll come up a few more times. Um, we've just scratched the surface of this guy. The first six months of his life, and we know basically nothing about him.
0: That <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but we're that's yeah that's minutes into the podcast yeah i need a lot more context here before i can say fuck this dude yeah
1: well and all that to say is this uh, (laughs) but i'm
0: assuming that's where it's going yeah yeah taking place in any bets but like he's got too many words in his name already for him (laughs) to be an okay dude you know it's like everybody who's assassinated a president's got three names yeah yeah for for sure sure. (laughs) for sure (laughs) well and i bring up
1: I bring all this up to say that this man's life was fucking like it starts crazy and it's going to fucking end crazy. So again, just kind of strap yourself in. <laughs> okay. In a, in 1929 at age 7, the the Great Depression set in, which despite its name wasn't really that good for anyone. Um and so he had to go to work to help his mother and uh he discovered that J- you know James had great athletic abil- ability. Um several sources noted, quote, <laughs> At age twelve, he was named America's Strongest Boy. (laughs) "End quote." (laughs) Okay, was this dude white? Yes, of course he was. Okay, (laughs) what year was it? Uh, This is uh, at nineteen twenty-nine. At age seven, so five years after that. That checks out. (laughs) Yeah, uh, America's Strongest (laughs) Boy. James uh-huh. uh, James Edwin <laughs> Baker then, like, Jr.
0: How many years later was uh, uh was it Jesse Jackson? Is that the name of the runner that beat the the
1: Nazis?
0: Oh, I'm, guy at the Olympics.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know his name.
0: Uh, I'll I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah.
1: So uh, <laughs> during James's youth, he became fascinated. <laughs> he became fascinated with nutrition, probably because of the whole kind of Great Depression thing. Um, this passion for nutrition was co- <laughs> was cultivated in him by a mentor and father figure to him a guy named Paul Bragg. Do you guys know who that is?
2: Bragg like the Bragg sauce? Uh
1: yeah sort of like if if you've ever bought like apple cider vinegar or nutritional Yeah Bragg Bragg yeah, yeah, Bra- Bragg's. yeah. yeah Bragg's. Bragg. Well uh you Okay. Yeah that you've bought a Bragg product. Um and oh, we're going to get back cool. to we're going to get <laughs> 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 Sam's like, "Alrighty, the fuckery starts." <laughs> so we're, <laughs> we're gonna get I've back. I've
0: already to, got bottles to break. We're gonna These get are back, facts. I've got uh, concrete floors to break them yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get back to James in a second because you know he is our focus for today. But one of his mentors, Bragg, um, he needs to be described to really understand the influence he had on James and the I don't know the Are we gonna scene. find out
0: that Bragg was a bad
1: guy? <laughs> See, Bra- Bragg was a bit of a liar. <laughs> turns later, out. Later in life, he would claim to have all sorts of scientific and me- medical degrees, of which he had none. He would also inexplicably <laughs> lie about his birthday, specifically his birth year. Um, and he was an early health influencer, and he was a grifter. <laughs> this this art- all
0: checks out because all that shit looks <laughs> so much like snake oil.
1: Yep, yep. But, they literally just banned uh, snake oil, and we're like, "All right, but you can do uh, essential oils. We'll call it. We're, we're cool with that." It's
3: like, have you, you had apple, heard apple cider, cider vinegar? vinegar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out vinegar is really bad for you. So <laughs> but the, the but Bragg's has been like leading us yeah. astray. Yeah, because that like, is like the but, most expensive apple cider vinegar you can fucking buy. It is the burn. The burn means health. <laughs>
1: So this article from the American Medical Association notes that Paul Bragg, quote, "...styled himself a professor and modestly admitted that he was America's foremost lecturer, teacher, and writer on scientific living principles." his scheme was one that has been popular with those who live by their wits ignoramuses with a flair for public speaking confer on themselves ornate titles create paper organizations with high-sounding names and give what are described as free lectures but which are in fact merely pieces of come on advertising for books and nostrums they have for sale and specially for so-called classes for which a round charge is made
0: (laughs) yeah i've been on facebook before (laughs) yeah so
1: so i i like these guys are just tearing fucking paul Bragg apart by saying he's just like he's a smart guy who doesn't have any skills and he lives by just like saying really fast like i don't know spiritual manipulative words and people are like yeah okay that sounds cool i believe you because you sound like you know what you're talking about yeah
0: i i yes i have i have also studied the dark arts yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so paul (laughs) Or, or as or as uh My stepbrother's dad would say, yeah, I'm a bit of a bullshitter myself.
1: Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) So, yeah, Paul Bragg uh, is a grifter and is also James Baker's biggest influence uh, and earliest mentor. So this should all be kind of a clue as to where we're going to go. Um, Also, James will remain lifelong friends with Paul Bragg's daughter-in-law, Patricia Bragg, who currently runs the company. Right. I think she actually left a couple of years ago, but anyway. P. Bragg's, yeah. P. Bragg's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Patricia appears in a documentary, which we're going to name later, uh, where she says, quote, Jim's father left when he was a baby, so he looked upon my father for guidance, and my father was Paul Bragg, the originator of health food stores. And dad and he, they would go hiking, and they talked everything over, and my father was so proud of Jim Baker, end quote. So, that's cool. Pretty. Uh.
0: Well, how was it said? Like, y- y- like we lost the tonal context of the statement. Like, uh, is she is she like fuck this dude who like stole no, my dad from me
1: is no, she bitter no, is she
0: like she's, are they
1: like siblings she's proud of her dad and of of jim baker and so she's Gosh, saying this okay. with, with a lot of fondness you know okay okay yeah um but yeah a, a podcast uh that will be again be named later had this to say about jim baker and paul bragg's relationship quote he bragg began claiming that all illness could be cured by eating the right foods. This led some to consider Bragg a con man, and led the teenage Baker to consider him a sage. At the age of 14, Jim Baker contracted a case of hemorrhoids so severe that doctors recommended surgery. Uh, Instead of following their recommendations, Baker sought out the famous Paul Bragg and invited him to visit the Baker home, which is weird, because he's 14. Um, Bragg accepted the invitation, and while he was there, laid out a diet that he believed would cure the young Baker's hemorrhoids. The diet was basically low-fat and high-fiber, commonly prescribed today, but in 1936, it was revolutionary. Baker's hemorrhoids cleared up, and from that point on, Baker became an avid follower of Bragg's teachings, end quote. Okay, why does a 14-year-old have (laughs)
0: hemorrhoids? Yeah. Why does a 14-year-old have hemorrhoids? And, um... No, that's it. Just why does a 14-year-old have hemorrhoids? That seems so
1: odd. Somebody should have told him not to push.
0: It was a different time.
1: It was a different
0: time. <laughs> we ate walnut <laughs> shells, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like <laughs> Well, yeah, and it it is 36, so maybe there is something to that where like he's eating like a really like a a canned food diet. So like He's I'd... like
2: he was like I was really depressed.
1: Yeah really depressed and
2: really depressed
3: (laughs) (laughs) like great have you ever
1: like have you ever eaten cocktail weenies for three weeks straight breakfast lunch and dinner
0: (laughs) no but i have done that with little smokies which is nearly the same thing um
1: and so, he's I, like, I he ever
0: got hemorrhoids at 14,
1: <laughs> so I think it's clear to point no, to, but I
0: died of dysentery.
1: I think it's clear right now just to point out that James is kind of looking for a father figure, and he's gonna constantly remain looking for a father figure throughout his whole life. Um, yeah, and nice. yeah, and so at a certain point, James quit school, he traveled around <sighs> for a little while. Um, he started, he worked for the Calif- uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps. Uh, after a while he went back to the ccc the ccc yeah he did was that didn't you work for the ccc yeah i worked for the california conservation corps which formed out of uh this era's uh civilian conservation corps um so after a short while of doing the ccc thing he went back to high school where he became quote a swimming champion and the state archery champion end quote and that's according to an unreliable source and I don't really have a problem believing <laughs> <Gesundheit. laughs> Kazoon Thank you. I don't really have a problem believing this because of what will come next, but I couldn't independently verify this information. So like he's really it, again, he's really athletic. He uh, has an affinity for food and like he's the world's strongest boy or whatever. Um
3: God. So,
1: I don't know. Have you seen the what is it the Road to Wellville
0: or Wellville, Sean? We watched this movie together. Uh, it was about shit. it's a, it's like a it's yeah a mockumentary about Kellogg
1: okay who's also <laughs> yeah. a nutritionist yeah. or whatever yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's, it's uh, got uh, Ferris Bueller and uh, it's a, like a big all star cast and shit
1: sounds um, good no I haven't seen it
0: this this sort of reminding me of that
1: well it's probably because it's going to be very similar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh when james was 17 he graduated from a swedish massage school in chicago so things things are getting a little weird (laughs) dicey even okay uh baker began working at a printing plant uh he married the boss's daughter margaret and soon after that he lied about his age to join the marines and fought during world war ii which is the only ethical war to have fought in so you know good for him oh my fucking
0: god there is no ethical war (laughs)
1: I mean if you're fighting against Nazis it the, one could argue I guess that necessary
0: yes ethical no mm, okay. sorry it's war there's no ethics in war there's no ethics in war
1: Well how that.
0: could you do that
1: No you're you're definitely <laughs> you right war,
0: How could you win a war that way it, it, All I have to say is Dresden it's called Hiroshima Nagasaki
1: warfare dude Anyway while in the Marines, Baker became fascinated with Eastern martial arts. He taught judo or jujitsu to the uh, Marines. They'll be used like inner, inner, like in exchange with one another. I'm not sure what the difference is between them. Um, one day, uh, while in the Marines, Jim punched his commanding officer during a disagreement. The officer punched him by uh, punished him rather by placing him in the brig. According to that podcast quote, on January 29th, 1943, in what became known as the Battle of Rennell baker's ship was bombed by japanese fighter planes and baker was released from the brig to abandon ship baker disobeyed orders uh choosing instead to remain on deck and commandeer the anti-aircraft guns he shot down 13 japanese fighter planes before his own ship sank an action an action which earned him a silver star end quote you fucking bet it did yeah. dude what yeah. the fuck 13 planes yeah the only the only problem what the fuck the only problem with well that-
0: while that's like a bit that's like down. some that's like the finale of a video game from the 80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
1: that's sure.
0: like how much can you take
2: out before the ship goes down and it's going down. Yeah. And it's just like
1: Now see, here's where things get complicated because his whole life James had claimed to have earned uh, the Silver Star for me- you know, it, it's a Silver Star medal of valor, um or medal for valor in combat. However, official military archives do not have his name listed as a medal recipient. And I did some digging to prove or disprove this claim, and I was able to find a person named James Baker who earned a Distinguished Service Cross, but I have no way of confirming this is our guy. And I don't think it is uh, because as ranking goes, oh, you've got the Medal of Valor. On- Yeah, you've got the Medal of Honor, which is number one, highest rank. You've got the Distinguished Service Cross, which is second, and then the Silver Star, which is third. And so James would have probably bragged about his service Cross because it's higher than a silver star. but, you know, uh, to... But if
0: he didn't know, <clears throat>
1: yeah, and so all the way, and any of the, all of this is just to say that this claim is dubious. And while it, it appears that he did fight in World War II, there's no verification to say that he was in fact awarded a medal.
0: Well, I mean, his so... his hero and father figure is a con artist and a grifter, <laughs> so
1: I'm assuming
0: that the truth is like a loose thing for this guy. Mm-hmm. Is this like? It's like I'm type... not gonna let a lie stand in the way of a good story. <laughs> you know? Sounds like
2: a Titanic story type of deal. It's like, oh Leonardo DiCaprio, but we can't find any record on him.
1: Yeah, to me it kinda of, <laughs> it to me it kinda of sounds like one of those stories that end in Yeah, and then everybody clapped. You know, or there was, like, they there didn't was just one, do that.
2: There was just one woman telling about her love when the ship went down later.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so when James uh he gets back from war in 1945, uh he's now 29 or rather 23. He's a health nut. Uh, he opens a gym and he begins acting in plays. Now Jim is six foot four and built, and women find him incredibly handsome. Um, and I'm going to show you guys a photo of him in just a minute. Um, James, who we're gonna we're now going to call Jim. Uh, at age 26, became, quote, an expert in judo-jujitsu, and in 1948, he won the World Judo Championship in Cincinnati, end quote. Um, so Is that
0: it, actually true?
1: It it seems like it, but I, I don't know. All, all this is dubious because these are told usually in the third person to somebody else who then writes this down. So it's James talking and people taking notes later in life.
0: <laughs> but couldn't we, like
1: google that i I feel like you could but i didn't see any reason like i I dug into a lot of these claims and i couldn't find much about it okay um so i mean you know it seems like from all we have that he probably was good at fighting um however website Um,
0: dude if you're six foot four you're good at you're being big at least yeah for sure you know Uh, so web... especially in in the forties, where people are not
1: yeah for there's sure there's not
0: nearly as good a nutrition, so there aren't nearly as many tall people.
1: Yeah, America's Wait, well, he, he, pro- he probably he probably won a
0: couple bar fights.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, so uh, a website that's dedicated to him, because we're gonna get to that part here in a little while, uh, makes a dubious claim <laughs> that he quote defeated the world heavyweight judo champion in 17 seconds flat end quote. Um, and I would
0: think huh. that that would be a very Googleable thing, especially feel... <laughs> considering that you're talking about a time period where yeah. judo is like. There's not a lot of it in any of these major competitions are well documented. Yeah, for sure. People were fanatical about it. Yeah, still d- today.
1: Definitely. So yeah, much of what we've been told about James is like kind of a secondhand story, and so there's not really, there's no like, good way to know any of this stuff. Um, but it and. I couldn't figure out when exactly but at some point james's hands were alleged to have been registered as lethal weapons so it it's i i it, i'm just giving
0: the, the listeners can't see me shaking my head. No. <laughs> but rest assured i am shaking
1: yeah head. and i'm just presenting the the information that i <laughs> that i've discovered you're a liar <laughs> <laughs> uh sometime in the na- early 1950s uh it's believed 1951 Filled with wanderlust, Jim abandoned his first wife Margaret and their child to find a mo- more lucrative career. He was going to ride his motorcycle to Hollywood and become a star, baby. So, w-
0: where is he located at this point?
1: Cincinnati. Ah, uh, yeah.
2: Did did this person change his name to Bruce Lee? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying anything. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once he was in Hollywood, he auditioned, for, surgery. he auditioned for the role of Tarzan. He didn't get the part, but he did screen testing, and uh, we actually have a photo of him as Tarzan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share that with you guys real quick.
0: Do it, fucking do it. Start
1: sharing that bad boy. Huh? Can you see it?
0: No. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I can there, zoom in. there he is. I can zoom in a little. He's bit, He's a too. big dude. He yeah.
0: he he needs. He needs to do some leg work, though. Yeah. Look he's at got... those chicken
1: thighs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: Just a little, little baby, little baby legs.
0: Well, like it's just weird because he's got that cat. He's got the the calf muscles there, but there's no thigh muscle. Yeah. What's up with that guy? You need to do like some squats. He's dead now, isn't he?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely dead.
0: Okay, so uh. <laughs> hear me. <laughs> You can hear me. I hope you're doing squats yeah. in heaven, sir. So
1: he, uh, he was also described as a wannabe stuntman, probably because he wasn't good at it. Um, what he was good at, though, was marrying ladies. Um, huh. So, you know, this is the time where it's like kind of the rise and peak of the hippie movement. And James, now almost 30, is in the middle of L.A., which, if you know anything about L.A. and hippies, hippie movements, health food stores, spiritual gimmicks, fraudsters, and where to find the newest trends in healthy living, L.A. is the right place to be. It's been called, frequently, <laughs> the cult capital of the world. <laughs> that is big
0: facts, man. Makes sense, too, because yeah. everybody there is – that. so many people are there just with nothing looking for something. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? They're like – they're looking and they're desperate. Mm. Because you know they don't have a safety net. Yeah, they rode they rode their motorcycle. Yep. now they're doing Swedish massages behind the fucking Capitol <laughs> Records.
3: <laughs>
1: so uh, sometime after his attempt at becoming a star, um, James got married to his second wife, uh, Elaine. Uh, together, uh, together they kind of got into studying religion, spiritualism, and esotericism. Later in that year, in uh, nineteen fifty-one, James began. <laughs> James became a Vedantic monk for a time, and he and Elaine made leather goods in, in a shop in their house in Topanga Canyon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i rocking Topanga Canyon. No. Uh, All I can hear is like Counting Crows playing yeah. in the background. Like, <laughs>
1: the Beatles sitar music.
0: i up in the canyon. <laughs> um,
1: is Jim... <laughs> <laughs> so his gym eventually failed so he did what any hippie living in the 1950s la would do uh he opened up a sandal shop uh <laughs> he also this makes total out... sense hold on i will yeah, yeah. recline this leather <laughs> chair <laughs> he also began hanging out with the nature boys which were a loose confederation of na- uh, vegetarian naturalist hippies who lived semi-nomadic lifestyles and lived according to nature's laws <laughs> The Nature Boys. All I can think of is that fucking wrestler,
0: The Nature Boy. What was? <laughs> Woo, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, Flair, yeah, yeah. What yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even? Like
1: wrestling. Uh, Jim was influenced. Uh, Jim was influenced by from Atlas Obscura. Quote. The Eurocentric strain centered around uh, nature mansion or nature boys. The latter grew out of a German romantic movement of the 1890s, uh, centered around the idea of Liebensreform, which is life reform, uh, which involved living outside societal conventions by foraging, sleeping nude in the woods, and staying vegetarian. End quote. Oh my God, it's <laughs> such a cycle.
0: Oh. Ah. <laughs> uh.
1: So, James is. I mean, they
0: weren't wrong. That shit is nice. It's lovely. Absolutely. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, And there's nothing, (laughs) there's absolutely nothing wrong with being like mindful of your environment and, you know, mindful of like what you're eating and like, you know, sleeping in the woods is good for you, I think. And I don't know.
2: And so the Nature Boys were made roughly how long after the
0: Great Depression?
1: Uh, The Nature Boys start (laughs) start in Germany in like the 1890s. And so he's so, discovered yeah. them in L.A. Okay. Yeah. In like the 50s. Um, so this is cool. He's like he's exploring meditation and all this new age enlightenment stuff. Uh, you know, he is slash was a Vedantic monk. He's on the path to this oneness, you know, uh, you know, he's kind of centering himself and, you know, learning about plants and nature and shit. And by all indications, everything's going good. Right. <laughs> uh, do you guys. Free love. Do you guys Free felt, love, hippie. Have you guys felt any of this spiritual oneness in your life?
0: Yeah, man. I've eaten acid before. Yeah.
1: Good. Uh well, in nineteen fifty-five. I think James responds to it maybe differently than the rest of us does, because in nineteen fifty-five, you know, James, a bona fide psychedelic spiritualist, he um uh, he kills a guy. Uh a podcast says James got... <laughs> well, <laughs> a po- namaste. <laughs> a podcast say- says James got into a fight after confronting his uh, his neighbor, about his neighbor's abuse of, of his pit bull. Quote, according to a police report, the neighbor... Thre- you know what? This guy's in the right. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think he is in the right here, too. Well, let's we'll, we'll see what you think <laughs> after this quote. According to police reports, the neighbor threatened Baker with a knife. In response, Baker threw the man into a gully and struck him with a series of judo chops, killing him. <laughs> uh, you know what?
0: <laughs> this checks out. That guy deserved <laughs> to die. <laughs> You just don't go up against registered hands like that. I love that he
1: threw him into a gully too.
0: (laughs) Bitch, get in this gully! The guy
2: guy pulled a knife on him and just straight grabbed him, threw him in a gully, and Judah chopped his life away.
1: That's what I pictured too, like the King Kong picking him up over his head and (laughs) throwing. But keep in
2: mind, this guy also had to jump into the gully and then judo chopped him to death so he not only threw the guy in it then jumped in after yeah him
0: <laughs> and and the scenario yeah that- yeah but like if think about it if like if the if the side of the gully like this and you give the dude a good shove he's landing yeah. here and then you yeah. just casually meet him at the bottom that's
1: true, that's
0: true. And, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not like you were like
1: look up up, wop, wop, and <laughs> Yeah, series
0: of backflips to get there.
1: On that Jason shit, you know. He
0: probably just fell down the gully with the guy. On the way, dude's neck broke. Maybe <laughs> it's completely an accident, <laughs> but.
1: And he said, I he, warned you, he, like, it was these like,
0: hands. He punched him a bunch when they got to the bottom. Yeah. Which isn't hard to do because he was already dead. Yeah. then <laughs> well, He was like, yeah, I punched him to death. Well, I think he had to do it for
2: legality. Because if right. he threw a guy and broke his neck on the way down, then he just killed a guy, like, whatever. Really but if they die from the registered weapons that are his <laughs> hands, they've already acknowledged that this is a deadly weapon that can kill you.
0: And he was like, I got to do this to get out of court. Yeah. I think think it would go better the other way. If you were like, I pulled a knife. I shoved him. I fell down and broke his neck.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's how I think it would want him to die. Well, and ultimately that's irrelevant (laughs) because uh, he kills the guy over the argument about the dog and the courts, (laughs) the the, the courts (laughs) acquit him. The courts acquit him. They're just like, eh, that guy had it coming, which is cool, I guess. So James just kind of gets away with it.
0: Man. The '60s. What? What? This was. This is This was 55. California. Yeah, this is LA. And... Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: all right, it's pretty woke that. for '55. Actually, being like, well, no, yeah, you were abusing the, the shit out of your dog. Pretty wild
0: west. It's pretty wild west for
1: '55. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. I don't know like, how I feel about. Yeah, it, Yeah. I truly. don't know. He had a knife. Yeah. Pony. I don't know. Anyway, at some point, he began <laughs> cheating on Elaine, and uh, he j- did so so many times that he himself lost count. Um, also at some point she had had three kids with Jim so just to, to keep our tally going Jim has four children so far um,
0: cool 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 cool, cool.
1: And... good
2: it's like I could just kill a man <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the sandal <laughs> after that the sandal shop fell apart which it was always going to um, but by that time he was somehow able to open three restaurants in 1957 so, so two years after he kills a dude opens three restaurants The Aware Inn and Old uh, Old World rather were located in Hollywood, and Discovery Inn was located in Topanga. Um, They were all. This
0: guy is doing crimes. (laughs) There's no fucking way. There's no way this dude isn't selling drugs. I don't give a fuck. This guy's a pot dealer, isn't he?
1: We're gonna get to to that here in like literally just a second. (laughs) Um, He totally is. So what's amazing is all these businesses were incredibly successful. He was able to afford to, uh, to open these new restaurants by, according to Jim, robbing banks. He is alleged oh, to yeah. have robbed. <laughs> Sam's choking on his joint. <laughs> Very much so doing <laughs> crimes. Sam, you just had to wait two sentences and we would have gotten to the crimes.
0: <laughs> well, I, You know what? I'm so glad I guessed first.
1: Yeah, you, you really nailed it on its head. Well, maybe uh, <coughs> because you know he's alleged to, he's he's alleged to have robbed, depending upon the source, two to eleven banks. There is, however, zero evidence of this. So, like that
0: also checks out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: There should there should be zero evidence. Yeah. So if you're gonna open, if, if you're gonna open restaurants. Yeah, if, if,
1: yeah, definitely. If you're gonna rob banks. <laughs> you got to be good not, at it. Sorry, San
0: 1955 in California is prostitution legal or not?
1: I'm pretty um, sure it's illegal at this point. I think it's all, yeah. I think it's been illegal since like the 1900s. So no matter
0: where he got the money, it was a crime, right?
1: Probably. <laughs> I don't. I don't know.
0: Swedish massages behind Capitol Records. Oh, I it see was... what you're
1: saying. Yeah. <laughs> really good at dating
2: women and. And it's marriages and it's all that stuff. Yeah, I thought you
1: were. I thought you were implying that he was pimping, and you know, I was like, actually, no, pimping. more of gigolo action. Yeah, yeah, that makes much more <laughs> sense.
0: Those skinny legs speak gigolo to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so the
1: the claims about the bank robberies come from a second hand. Uh, they come from second hand stories, and they were allegedly told to his followers. Um, which I. I'm with you. I don't think he actually robbed. We're going to get into that here in a little while. Yeah.
0: I I have a feeling we're going to get into that, quote unquote. It's going to be said a lot more when this episode is done.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I don't think he robbed banks. I think kind of like you, Sam, that he probably was like selling drugs or something. Yeah. Anyway, despite what the actual truth is, I am sure you had been drinking before this point, but this is where he starts to drink, like, really heavily. And, uh, anyway, Jim kills another guy. Uh.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the cocaine and the whiskey. So... <laughs> so I just, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to make any guesses. I'm hoping it's another dog-related murder. <laughs>
1: In early 1963, Jim starts sleeping with a Hollywood TV actress named Jean Ingram. Now, this normally wouldn't be anything... I know that name. Yeah, this normally wouldn't be anything noteworthy, but Jean Ingram was married to uh, not Jim. Uh, her husband yeah. was, a, was a wealthy hotel guy and construction dude business type. Um, this is from IMDb. Quote, on January 20, uh, 29th... I think he's got a thing for January's, by the way. I think he killed the... Anyway, on January 29th, 1963, the jealous Ingram, the husband, came came with a gun to Baker's Sunset Strip apartment, which was over a restaurant he ran at the time, The Aware Inn. A fight ensued, and Baker killed Ingram with two jujitsu chops to the neck and a bullet to the head. <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> in july 19th. he broke his neck then he shot him in the head he shot no
2: no no, no, no. <laughs> he broke this his own neck and then he shot himself the in the head showed up no hold on this is what happened
0: i'm gonna tell you right now okay. i don't care what the story is <laughs> the idiot with the gun showed up to avenge whatever honor blah 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 trips shoots himself in the head okay <laughs> and then jim is like and i judo chopped him and shot
1: him yeah,
0: you're like, yeah, you got it, Jim.
1: And then the courts got are it. like, all right, well, you're guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to between one <laughs> to ten years in prison. <laughs> he served, of which How much he served? Uh, like less than a year. Yeah, <laughs> oh my by, God, I knew okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> I <fucking> knew it. <laughs> He served a fraction of his sentence, and by uh, mid 1960s, he was again doing well in his restaurant career. Uh, a few years later, Jim uh, he leaves the U.S. to go on a spree. Why don't we own restaurants,
0: dude? It seems to make <laughs> yeah.
1: you invincible. I know, just yeah. immune to the law too.
0: <laughs> like, can like, I... Gordon Ramsay even be killed?
1: <laughs> Probably not.
0: As. Not legally. He's such an asshole, and he's still alive. You gotta wonder.
1: Maybe it's only through food poisoning. He's
0: like some assassin, four in the chest, and Ramsey's just like,
1: just nibbling on the bullet.
0: Like he's like, yeah, he's like, this bullet is like, you know, and he has some. This bullet is (laughs) undercooked! It's
1: only forty-four grains instead of.
0: Made a Kevlar. Yeah. It's just
2: all Kevlar. (laughs) Everything, just. His heart seems to be made of Kevlar. Yeah, that
1: sounds anyway, right. Anyway, back to that the story. Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> so a few years later, you know, after killing a guy, uh, Jim leaves the U.S. to go uh, kind of spiritually exploring, and this leads Baker to Samoa. From that podcast uh, mentioned previously, and I'm going to name it here in just a little bit, so hold on to your pants. Uh, quote, in 1966, at age 43, he decided to fly to Samoa to find himself baker later claimed that while he was in samoa he met a native tribe that was suffering from a diet of processed foods imported from the united states baker that checks out yeah that does check out that sounds absolutely (laughs) right we made your island
0: into an airstrip here's canned goods (laughs) yeah exactly
1: that does sound right but
0: this is where we launched the death of almost a half a million people yeah
1: so Baker uh, Baker helped place the tribe on an organic, mostly raw food diet, thereby saving the life of the tribal chief's daughter. The story is virtually impossible to verify. According to Baker <laughs> the, According to Baker, the tribal chief gave him the hand of his newly healed daughter in marriage. But after a few months on the Samoan beaches, Baker grew bored and abandoned his third wife if she ever existed. <laughs>
0: I just couldn't get down with that honey brown that was too young and fresh. Ugh. Good lord, this guy—he's so full of shit.
1: Well, and this sounds like a story that you would hear <laughs> in one of those like action magazines from like the 30s, you know, where they're like, a "killer, a killer octopus attacks man on beach, and he has to defend himself with a broken bottle or whatever." Or know? yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, Ost Island of the Amazonian women or some shit. You know, I'm pretty sure you made this up. But anyway, so let's let's summarize what we've learned about Jim after getting to LA in order to do this we're gonna we're gonna read from a website called the hairpin quote he didn't get the part of Tarzan but here are some things he did instead kill a man in self-defense with judo chops kill a man in self-defense with either judo chops or a gun Mary and eventually leave a second wife elaine with whom he had three kids and a spiritual awakening a samoan tribal chief's ailing daughter and through through dietary and he, sorry uh, ailing daughter through dietary remedies Mary then leave her and rob between two and 12 banks to fund his health food restaurants which were very successful
0: <laughs> and <laughs> so. only spend a year less than a year in jail for yeah.
1: manslaughter yeah for sure
0: that's got to be the guy's only Can you verify that look, shit, dude? It does it does seem
1: like that actually happened. Okay. Yeah. It does seem <laughs> like, like that actually happened, which is why I, I like, don't have any well, repudiations. The prison for doesn't it. have records like Yeah, exactly. And I didn't personally look at those <laughs> records. I'm not sure that they're digitized, but every source that I've seen notes that he did go to jail, but he didn't go to jail for long. So I mean, he was found guilty, so Anyway, and, and well, he also he also uses this a little bit later to be like, uh I'm so spiritually woke I used to walk on the bad path, you know. I've I've killed yeah, a yeah, man yeah. before. Right. You know. So his,
2: they're like, You can't have any weapons in prison. He's like
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got two
2: right here. I am a weapon. <laughs>
3: yeah, I like seen that
2: anime. But we'll just we'll just let him go. Just get out of here.
1: Uh finishing that quote from the hairpin, uh some of these feats are documented, others he only recalled to his spiritual children later in the third person end quote. So spiritual children should give you guys kind of a red, red flag. Um, it's definitely an indication as to where yeah, we're What heading.
0: country is that? I've definitely dated a few people from it. From what? The red flag, whatever that is. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought not you said
0: saying... not China. Not yeah. it's just the China. Just you know, China.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, just the blank. It's just red. That's yeah. it. There's nothing on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> next, Jimmy either meets his third or his fourth wife, depending upon the source. Uh, Dora was a 19-year-old French hippie and was a sex-drugs, rock-and-roll type of woman. How old are Damn. we? How old is dude now? He's about 47. I think he might be about 50. We're going to get into that here in a little bit. Okay. Uh, I mean, like... 19 you're an adult you can do what you want yeah i think there's i think there are healthy older men that can date a 19 year old and then people who aren't so healthy and need and, I, and I, here's what i'll say I, actually i'm not gonna arbitrate any of this i think it's gross that yeah, this yeah. particular man is dating this child and we're gonna Seems get a little weird yeah anyway she liked <laughs> baker loved free love and would even <coughs> bathe in a clawfoot bathtub in jim's living room when he held business meetings she introduced him to drugs like acid you know which helps with the kind of like enlightenment stuff um so james high as yeah. shit on black beauties which are just two types of amphetamine uh and acid uh eventually emptied the register at old world restaurant and bought a purple rolls royce uh also jim is fucking obsessed with rolls royces um this would not be the only time that he buys one
0: <laughs> but it's the first time he buys one yeah and, and it's purple?
1: And it's purple. Yeah.
0: I hate how much I love that. I know, me too. I was <laughs> like, oh man, was it purple with it was gold trim? It tell me it was gold trim.
1: I didn't see a photo of it, so I I couldn't tell you.
0: It has to be. It has to be. Nobody does silver with gold.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking you too. You,
0: you don't drop,
2: you don't drop acid and amphetamines and go buy a purple Rolls-Royce without gold trim.
0: Yeah, I have to say it <laughs> so for the point of this. Okay, we'll just say it like this: in one of the multiverses, it was gold.
1: Yeah, I agree. You with know, that.
0: so we can we can accept that and yeah. move
1: on. So he uh, he stole money out of the register like often enough that by 1967, authorities began investigating Jim, and Jim responds by immediately heading to Mexico for a little while. Upon his return. He uh he found that his investors had cut him out of the restaurant, so he's broke. So he's gone through a handful of wives, ton of drugs. He's becoming ascended, finding enlightenment. You know, he's drinking, but he's also just lost his restaurant, so he's not doing really good in regards to finances. Okay, it's.
0: I figured out how he got the restaurants. He convinced other people to pay for him.
1: That's a surprisingly yeah. good, good. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit because he does. There's a lot of uh, we're gonna get to that in a little bit in this episode, and I'm sorry. Right, I
0: forgot that I forgot Bragg's was yeah,
1: yeah, right. Um,
0: Yeah, we gotta go back to snake oil for all our answers.
2: You
1: know, it's guy.
2: uh, (laughs) He he tried Robin two to twelve banks.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe. It was closer he to two, himself on and it, <laughs> the first two and didn't do any of the other
2: 12. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was the driver on the other. So he was like, on the others.
2: So he was like, all right, I thought I rob banks, but I guess I'm going back to, hey, brag.
1: Yeah. Yeah and so you know jim's gone through a handful of wives he's getting like enlightened but it he's also trying to run no these deal. businesses but he's doing a terrible job he's taking hallucinogens you know studying spiritualism it's kind of surprising that he was able to get anything done um and like i don't know his as he's getting with all the with all the acid and spiritualism or with all the jobs just with all the acid and spiritualism and like it seems like he's he, it seems like he's going really fucking hard you know what i mean um and Oh
0: yeah, that it happens yeah, after, dude, after, everybody's got everybody's got their you know, after you killed your second guy, <laughs> like you gotta do a little you gotta do a little like soul yeah, searching, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> you, you gotta start
1: asking look at looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, Was that me? Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh
0: <laughs> it was an yeah, and so jim's
1: yeah so ha- jim's having like this kind of existential crisis <laughs> coupled with irrational behavior and drugs and he's you know he's taking a hard look at himself and he, he wants to change atlas Obscura writes quote as baker hit rock bottom he developed a growing interest in the teachings in the teachings of manly p hall the founder of the philosophical research society an esoteric metaphysical organization that still operates today and Yogi Bhajan who was rapidly gaining followers in California. He Baker <laughs> forswore alcohol, meditated intensely and became increasingly obsessed with the concept of personal transformation through diet and exercise. And we're going to get to Yo- Yogi Bhajan in just a second, but what's before we do let's let's talk about how Jim a little hike Jim went on when he got back from Mexico um, because
0: in the canyons. yeah i
1: think he was in the canyons i i don't know the area, <laughs> area incredibly well so i didn't put a whole lot of details about the locations um but anyway while on a hike jim bumped into a fellow hiker after a discussion and this hiker is kind of a, a well-to-do guy um after a discussion oh, god
2: damn is this going to be the third guy who judo chops <laughs> oh my oh, god, god dude just a random goddamn
0: hiker <laughs> i I fucking kicked him off the canyon and <laughs> flew down to the bottom and met him with a judo chop, and <laughs> that's how he died. After his discussion. They shouldn't have attacked me with that knife. It came at After me. After a
1: discussion Showed He was
0: wielding. No, you're not You're not getting started yet, buddy. He was wielding. Wow. <laughs> two pistols like
1: nunchucks.
0: <laughs> it was
2: yeah. terrible. He
1: threatened me with them.
0: <laughs> the
2: first guy was a knife. The second guy was a gun, so I'm like, what's the third thing here? He's going to be like, well, he right. had a hand. He had a hand grenade, so I had to judo-chop him. I put it in his butt, and
0: that's how he died.
2: Put it in his butt, he blew up, and then I judo-chopped him to death.
1: After a discussion showed that they had similar interests, Baker regaled the man with the stories of the newly discovered secret teachings of Jesus Christ. New, dubious translations of Hidden Secrets of the Vatican showed Jesus preached vegetarianism. Baker was so convincing that that hiker gave Baker thirty-five thousand dollars, which is a quarter of a million dollars in today' money, to open a restaurant. The restaurant would open with recipes based on the secret vegetarian teachings of Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, so it, <laughs> I was I was correct. You're, he yeah. just convinced people. Yeah. He just convinces people to give him money. You're at least in part. Oh correct, my yes. God. He threatened him with the Jingo okay, chop. So, yeah. He like, was like, You better pay me. To open, the <laughs> restaurant or I open this vegan restaurant. <laughs>
2: I've killed two people with my hands already.
1: Alright, so we're gonna take a short little break, and when we get back, the story is actually <laughs> gonna begin.
3: <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? No, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we're back. And we're back. On April 1st, 1969, Nice. Baker opens the Source Restaurant on the Sunset Strip. It was, the, uh, it was one of the first health food restaurants which served basically uncooked meals from Rancor. Quote, the restaurant was years ahead of its time and served a stringent vegetarian health menu. At the time, the idea of a meatless restaurant blew people's minds and they loved it. Customers overlooked the restaurant's claims that its menu was based on the dietary wisdom found in the teachings of Jesus Christ as revealed through the Essene gospel of peace. End quote. So he, he, yeah, huh. people
0: were like, cool, dude. Cause the,
1: yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I like salads. Ne- that's why I'm here.
2: Well, if you never read the back of the Bible, it's got a recipe book
0: in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's you what the thing over and read it from left to right yeah, or yeah. right to left. Yeah. 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 That's, no, that's, there's like, uh, all the books,
2: you know, John and Genesis and all, uh-huh. all those. And then there's, reci- there's recipe.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was yeah, also yeah. a cookbook.
0: Yeah. Recipes. Four forty-two three is for yeah. How to make a good creme brulee? Yeah, what exactly. I, what I love way ahead about
1: this <laughs> What I love about this is he <laughs> he takes that that hiker guy's money and he just opens up a restaurant with like the the Jesus t- taught vegetarianism thing and people were just somehow into it, um, and so uh. But if people like new shit, they're yeah, just idiots
0: for new. God damn it,
1: It honestly kind of feels like an early version of, like, the conspiracy theories your uncle shares, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, I heard through this one guy, who turns out to be a liar, um, that a Hungarian priest, you know, Hungary, halfway across the country, a Hungarian priest discovered secrets of the Vatican in a locked tomb of blah, 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 and it's, yeah, none of it's real. Anyway um so part of this belief that the essene gospel of peace uh part of this belief was the idea of life force once a vegetable is cut you have about like 15 minutes to eat it otherwise its life force has kind of like drained and it's no longer health food or whatever i don't know that's kind of basically how to summarize it it's not i don't give a shit about it yeah because
0: nutrition doesn't go anywhere i mean that's why like vultures don't exist
1: yeah yeah totally well and uh that's you know nutrients just disappear after about 15 minutes so yeah it's a sad thing that we know about vultures but they're dead anyway despite its weird age uh, weirdly new age biblical orientation the restaurant was popular and played a host to many celebrities uh like marlo brandon john lennon yoko ono and this is just to name a few out of like probably hundreds that ended up visiting the shop it's it's a really like kind of chic thing for the time so it you know it's it's very hip sam with the 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 surprise emoji on the fucking meeting (laughs) um so at its peak the restaurant made ten thousand dollars a day which helps us now see how james is like easily able to acquire money um, if you know anything about Hollywood and film history, of which I know little, uh, a fun piece of trivia is that the Source Restaurant was parodied in Woody Allen's film Annie Hall. Uh, in one okay. scene, in, in one scene, a character reluctantly orders quote alfalfa sprouts and mashed yeast end quote and they order that from <laughs> from the health food restaurant with just like a really gross look on his face. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, in fact, the health food fad, the health food fads and trends that we see in L.A. even today are a direct descendant from Jim Baker and this whole hippie health food revolution. Jonathan Kaufman, who wrote a book called Hippie Food, says, quote, "There was a direct, direct line between health food and L.A. from the 1960s and 70s to what the Source family was going to do uh, to the Goop era clean movement, uh, clean food movement." There's this idea of food that's all very fresh, close to raw, very clean, very low fat, very colorful. But there's also this idea that through all of these supplements and vitamins, you're boosting your beauty and you're boosting your performance as a human, quote. Um, so that's cool. It, huh. Like, the grift has literally been the same since this era. It's no, well, Nothing I, ever changes. Okay. <laughs> but, but we do know that eating, like,
0: fresh, clean food is, in fact, good for you. It, it, yes. I, I. There's just, like, there's, like, this... So, we all know that's true. That's pretty easy to achieve. Yeah. That's not like terribly difficult. And it doesn't make anybody any money. Yeah. What makes people money is that little extra.
1: It's usually it's that new thing, a you know, whatever. It's, it's yeah, the like shea oh, butter, but you know, or the
0: 15 minutes, you know, the, 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 the Vegetables were harvested less than fifteen minutes before we cooked them for you, and that's why they cost nine hundred dollars a plate.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I recently and, saw that, and it's way healthier. I recently way 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 healthier. I recently saw that nine
2: hundred dollars you know,
1: healthier. Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow's Goop company released their like their uh, holiday magazine or whatever, and there was some like gold leafed like bedspread. Some I I don't know. It was like maybe a bathtub or. I don't know. It was something really stupid and and kind of like um, tchotchke-esque. But she was selling like this like gold-plated something or another for like $30,000 when it was probably more like $5,000. And Anyway, all this to say is that like a lot of these are just like as we talked about in the very beginning of the episode, a lot of these are just health food uh, lectures that are actually just like pitches to buy my product. You know? And so it's... Yeah, it's... uh, And I guess all that to say is that there's nothing wrong with healthy eating. It's people that use it as a gimmick that are kind of turning. Oh in. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Dora, Jim's wife, uh, she didn't want to run a business. The uh, so she heads back to France where she gets illegally married. And this this wasn't really that big of a deal because while she was temporarily gone, Baker married a young Sufi woman named Mila. Um, <laughs> I, obviously. I, 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 yeah, obviously. Obviously all of this <laughs> happened
0: exactly like that. Go on.
1: <laughs> this wouldn't last long, though, because when Dora came back from France, uh, Mila was naturalist. pissed <laughs> 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 and annulled her, ba- her marriage with Baker. When Dora's French husband learned of Baker, he also got their marriage annulled. Then Dora and Baker <laughs> were left with each other and were divorced shortly thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the story of Jesus. Yep. Uh, Baker always accused Dora of having abandoned him, and now alone and heartbroken, wandering. Baker ran into another father figure, Yogi Bhajan. Shortly after the source restaurant opens, Jim begins practicing spiritual yoga. Jim meets up with a Sikh spiritual leader named Yogi Bajan. Yogi Bhajan was a, quote, shifty customs... <coughs> shifty customs agent turned kundalini, kundalini yoga teacher end quote, who came to California to teach meditation and shit like that <laughs> yeah. naturally good, oh, good man.
2: change of course
1: oh god it's oh, yeah. so good, when I read that shifty, shifty customs agent, I was like what the fuck Rumba.
0: namaste
1: Anyway, Jim becomes a devotee and begins <laughs> studying under uh, Yogi Bhajan's tutelage. Uh, Yogi Bhajan eventually created the Happy, Healthy, Holy Studios, which call themselves 3HO, and teach uh, kundalini yoga, and they still do this today. By the way, have either of you ever drank uh, Yogi brand tea?
0: Oh, fuck uh, yeah. I have, totally. Yeah.
1: I see it. Have you you know
0: where it always is? It's like those, like, I don't want to call them nice hotels, but they ain't Motel Six, and yeah. they're definitely not whatever hotel Sean was staying at the other night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Sean, have you ever had Yogi branded tea? But that's yeah, like yeah, the I, branded I the tea name. that's
0: like in the the yeah, yeah. the decent hotel like breakfast nook. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: You see it in the grocery store and stuff. Yeah. Sean, so you've had some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if you've ever bought Yogi brand tea, you've bought a product produced by Yogi Bhajan. <laughs> So this is our second oh. grifter who's teaching uh, enlightenment and also selling products that we've run into so far. I guess Jim's our third, but he's our main focus for today. Anyway, within, uh, within months, Baker began worshipping Bajan, setting out cards in all of the dining tables in his restaurant, declaring that Yogi Bajan was God. Bajan began um, feeling uncomfortable and then sent men over to remove the cards. Uh, Baker promptly replaced them. Then, Baj- Bajan ban- banned Baker from his ashram, probably sensing some mental health issues. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Jim is also starting to create his own blend of religious beliefs here too, as this excerpt from the L.A. Times notes: "Quote: In the late sixties, he studied with yogi Bajan and began creating his own philosophy that blended various spiritual rituals, oh, natural living, and far-out ideas like sex magic." End quote. <laughs>
0: I mean, sex magic is real.
1: All right. Crowley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, th- I have to mention, I think that James is seeking like a, a father figure. You know, he's searching for meaning. And this is why he heads out to California. And he doesn't really find anyone, doesn't really impress anyone until Yogi Bajon. And then he basically just starts to absorb everything Bajan is is like teaching. Um, we're gonna get into their relationship a bit more here in a few, but for now, it's important to note that this is 1969. Um, Sam, oh shit! Do you know what? Do you know much about what's happening in
0: 1969? Well, let's see. Uh, the The country is recovering from both the assassination of Kennedy and uh, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. and it's the summer of love, yeah. which means that 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 Woodstock is happening
1: yeah (laughs) uh yeah we've also got like the moon landings you know astronauts on the moon finally that's Uh, right this is yeah this is the year of Woodstock it's also Vietnam war is going strong what this is also the same year that a certain guy you might have heard of decided to up the ante in his cult that's right, nineteen sixty nine skate Charles Manson, inexplicably. Oh, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So this is the year that, that Charles Manson inexplicably tries to start a race war, he thinks is inevitable. Um, he tries to do this by first killing five people in Sharon Tate's house, and this would become known as the Manson family murders. Anyway, none of that's probably important for the next part of our story. Um, which is entitled Jim Saves a Lady. In 1969, uh, that's also the year that Jim meets his fourth or fifth, I don't know, I've lost count, uh, one of his wives anyway, Robin was 19 and a dancer at the whiskey a She was friends with the alleged son of Aleister Crowley and his alleged daughter's girlfriend. Uh, he, <laughs> she hung out at the source in a white bikini where Jim, now 47, would repeatedly ask her to go on dates with him. She denied the opportunity, repeatedly citing the fact that he was too old. Jim uh, Jim does what any reasonable person does at this time and begins following her in his car, still repeatedly asking her on a date. (laughs) What do you Uh, mean?
0: I don't understand why you would say no.
1: Yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, Another 19-year-old. He's got a thing for 19-year-olds. Yeah, like specifically 19? It's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, that's Uh, like... verified
1: age and was like and yep yeah. <laughs> so one evening it's a fool's game <laughs> <laughs> so one evening Robin was hitchhiking up to her friend's house uh, Sharon Tate uh, where Sharon and three other people were hanging out Jim saw her on the road hitchhiking and stopped and asked her to go out with him again she agreed this time on the condition that if she went out with him he would never ever ever ask her to go out again baker agreed and this is from a punk punk sorry this is from a punk rock history website called please kill me quote Jim spotted Robin hitchhiking to her friend Sharon Tate's house and invited her once more to come with him to one of Yogi Bhajan's kundalini yoga classes at his uh, 3HO ashram. She reluctantly accepted his invitation, and the two stayed up all night talking about spirit and getting to know each other. The next morning, Robin learned uh, the shocking news of Sharon Tate's grizzly murder and took that as a sign to follow a new path with Jim Baker. The two were wed after three months of k- Kabbalah study at the BOT school in a ceremony performed by Ann Davies." End quote. So the j- <laughs> there's a lot to digest yeah. there do you guys if you guys have any questions first of all um, <laughs> not yet okay because there's a lot to unpack here again first she's 19 uh she's going up to sharon tate's house uh instead she decides to go to some hot yoga or whatever uh with jim who is a sex pest and again like 47 years old uh, but also the next thing to unpack is the Boda school, which stands for Build- uh, builders of the Addentum a d y t u m and we can get in the long history of what they are, what they aren't, who their leaders are, and what you know all that kind of shit. um but instead, we're just gonna summarize by saying it's a hippie Hogwarts for like tarot readings and astrological charts and shit. Um, so <laughs> so <laughs> so this is this is going in a weird direction, I guess is what I'm saying. things are getting a little um mystical as we go on okay i mean
0: i don't mind mystical dude
1: yeah and everything is going to be fine because it is this podcast so jim is obviously starting some you know sp- <laughs> some spiritual enlightenment exercise program as an amalgamation of like the various teachings he's learned uh but he's also gr- uh, gradually beginning to see yogi bhajan as god which made the yogi very you know made him very uncomfortable um and did i mention that jim loves rolls royces um and anyway since yogi Bajan is incredibly popular he's also incredibly wealthy here's a excerpt from a 2013 documentary called the source family quote bhajan was making a mark for himself here in la he had a house in cheviot hills and had a garage full of rolls royces end quote <laughs> seems very spiritual up. very spiritual yeah well, and what I like is that a lot of these um, spiritual leaders are like, you know, it's all about getting rid of the materialism in your lives, and it's like, I mean, I need a nice car to roll around in. I, I mean, you've never,
2: blood. see, you, you guys all keep forgetting the Bible books. You never wrote, you never read uh, Royce 314? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that see, that like, those... rolls around. Exactly. It was a Jesus. short book, but it's very popular. It's it's on like it remo- we got recipe, we got the recipes book, we got the Royce book. Yeah, there, there's it, John and Moses and all the other people it, and <laughs> all that other stuff. But everybody forgets about fucking, you know, Apostle Recipe and Apostle Royce.
1: Yeah, I I also love the fact that it like it reminds me of that i don't know if you guys have seen the video of that guy who's a, approached by a reporter and they're interviewed he's like a big mega preacher kind of guy and they're like uh, tell us why you needed to buy a private plane and he was like well i needed it so that i didn't have to ride in the tube next to all the demons and he's got the, like this really creepy face on <laughs> yeah. you guys should take a look at that it's a it's i think you can look like tube full of demons preacher private plane on youtube and probably find it pretty easily it's really creepy but i also get that kind of vibe from yogi bajan where he's like he's like yeah i i roll around in rolls royces because it's uh it's um you know i need something <laughs> to re- that's reliable you know it's not i i honestly could care less what it looks like anyway. it's
2: actually an old hebrew term that's what jesus <laughs> said when he was walking around he said i rolls oh,
0: royce fucks. yeah yeah yeah. that's yiddish
1: I, no, I mean it's it's yiddish yeah <laughs> sure that's yeah sure. <laughs>
2: which it's, is why which is why the car is a biblical icon right? yep, yep, of yep, automobiles
1: yep. it's seen everywhere it's on from like the old Testament. stained glass you know reliefs yeah. and old churches. <laughs> in May of 1970 Jim begins holding early mor- <laughs> early morning meetings and meditations and spiritual classes in the restaurant <laughs> and he's just teaching what Yogi Bhajan taught him um, after a while Jim no longer felt attached to Yogi Bhajan he was no longer desperate for his teachings as he had been just a few months prior after a while, he began calling those who attended meditations is in his restaurant the Source family, and it's about this time that people begin to notice the, this eccentric millionaire living the high life while seemingly so earthly, so wholesome, curious, and prophetic. People begin to see Jim as sure a little bit of a weirdo, but no more than the rest of the hippie wanderers in the late 70s and early uh, or late 60s and early 70s. He frequently uh, he speaks with such confidence and charisma that many people are just that they find him attractive. He's magnetic. Um, he's mysterious. You know, he frequently chats up his employees who become his first followers. Again, this is from Atlas Obscura. Quote, Before long, Baker began attracting young acolytes through the daily public meditation sessions he held at the restaurant. As teenagers, feeling disenfranchised by the war in Vietnam and betrayed by their parents' generation, left their homes in droves, the source uh, offered them refuge and an, al- and an alternative path. They came for the salads and spiritual guidance and stayed for the cult. End quote. So that's the, how it always works. Yep. Yeah. Salad's that. a gateway drug. <laughs> that's, uh, that's why I never eat them.
0: Hot. So I only hot. Hot. raw
1: meat. <laughs> raw meat for me. <laughs> you know, and and so in the fall of 1970, the cult began to grow almost independently of Jim, but it began to grow around him, and he begins to to see that his followers weren't coming to learn. They weren't coming to learn Bajan's teachings they were coming to learn from baker and it, he was coming on this idea that like i don't know maybe bhajan wasn't the earthly spiritual father but like maybe maybe yeah. i'm like the spiritual father you know
3: <laughs> 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 And it, of
1: course you are <laughs> and it wasn't until a trip to india that he would come to embrace that and the source family documentary nick davies a writer and social historian describes the source family as the image of the 70s hippie culture slash cult quote if you wanted to create an archetype of the ultimate early 70s southern california spiritual cult you could do no better than the source family
0: yeah the source family i know that yeah that. here we that are baby name, I... Yeah, here we, we got are. <laughs> Full so, circle. Where's Daisy? If we're, like, culting, where's Daisy? Yeah. he. I,
2: is this guy... Uh, oh.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I'm just like, does he change his name later?
1: He does. We're going to get to that here in a minute.
2: Okay, I'm not going to say it, but i got an idea here. That's. <laughs> some, we're gonna yeah, get, we know okay. where this is going. I've some... got... Is this... Uh, no, I, I'm... All right, I'm going to wait to see the name that you're going to reveal that he changes it to. All
1: right. At some point in 1971, he went to India, probably because the source was on the brink of failure due to mismanagement, you know, his restaurant. Uh, in India, according to one of the unreliable sources, FatherYod.com, quote, he was traveling down the—
0: <laughs> <laughs> Father what? Jod?
1: Yod? Yod, Oh. Like oh, like yo, Yod, boy. but he pronounced it weird. Uh, "Quote: He was traveling down the Ganges River wearing a robe and, and a Sikh headdress. Someone on the boat asked him if he were a Hindu or a Sikh. He threw his headdress in the river and said, ne- neither a uh, neither a Hindu or a Sikh will I be, for my soul is universal and free.' Everyone in that boat fell at his feet and followed him for the rest of his trip in India. When he returned from that what trip to the, India, this is he fucking, had finally this is our boy, this is our guy, right? He's <laughs> this saying is our this? Guy, this, yeah. this story." yeah this fucking dude <laughs> when he returned how many
0: of them did he marry come on tell us tell us we're gonna
1: get to that when he returned from that trip to, uh, from when he returned from that trip to India he had finally realized that he himself would have to take responsibility for being the father of the age of Aquarius this is almost certainly a lie and it reminds me of uh, it it it, it was almost certainly a lie it reminds me of that you know and everyone clapped kind of story <laughs> right so right. so yeah he goes to India um, you know everybody's like oh you are the prophet and they follow him for a while and when he gets back he <laughs> realizes that he's God um, and you know when he returns to LA he also finds this other surprise like his restaurant is doing like pretty good um, and that's because Robin had stepped in and with the help of managers and employees alike, uh, they'd kind of turned the restaurant around. Um, and this is funny to me because... As long as he wasn't as there, long as Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: exactly what yeah. it seems like, right? <laughs> Yo, this is... <coughs> look, if you want to find really successful business people, you'll look like the guy in PG&E.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He knew how to he knew how to create a thing and hand it to people.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And collect.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what should be the that's, case. That's, and, yeah. you know what
0: I mean? Like, that's the old landlord scheme, you know? Like, yeah. just own it and collect.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, anyway, you know, this is where Jim becomes the earthly spiritual father. Not to be confused with the heavenly spiritual father, who's God. Um, This is from the John Hopkins newsletter, quote, by 1971, he had realized that he was the father of the approaching age of Aquarius. He began teaching his religious beliefs to others and transformed himself into the spiritual leader at the source rest uh, at the source restaurant on the Sunset Strip, end quote. So when he returns to L.A., he's he's kind of disenchanted by his former instructor and he realizes, you know it's him who's the who's who's god um and this is where he kind of rallies his source family and he begins his personal transformation and he starts wearing wizard clothes um i'm gonna, yeah. bring, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that image Suck, up yeah. real quick for you <laughs> like guys like the hat and shit uh, like gandalf hey man I'll, I'll show you in a second and i want you to describe to uh to our audience what you uh what you see here because it's gonna be i got you dog yeah i got you go. and start sharing bam.
3: <laughs> oh! <laughs> what the fuck oh Bro, yeah it's like it's, it's
0: like okay so this is like it's so such a mix. Russian like, orthodox
1: yeah <laughs> it sounds like
0: this is like orthodox okay? wizard like, yeah 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 so he's got an ankh crucifix yeah and with an eye of Ra on it mm-hmm. and he's wearing a very tall blue would that be a fez?
1: It looks like a fez but it, it's also, but it it's, looks it's purple like, to me which is more wizardy colors Yeah, 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 bluish, purplish Yeah, but it's got like with, a four uh, and ru- a female, ruins. yeah
0: Yeah, it's got ruins on it It's, it's, it's the beard and the like hair Santa that Santa really Claus. Off. <laughs> he looks like Santa Claus uh,
1: Yeah, he looks like Santa and, Claus dressed up for, as a wizard a, for Halloween What
0: is that, a black like frock,
1: uh I'm guessing it's. They wore a lot of robes, which we're gonna get into here shortly, and so I assume it's just like a big. Yeah, a ro- black a
0: robe and a, a frock are fairly. Oh, okay. So much the same. But, I
1: guess I don't know the difference. It's,
0: it's, it's very a frock much the like sock, like like buttons down the front, and a robe overlaps. Oh. Okay. I think might be the only difference. What were don't
2: you saying, go... Sean? Uh, it's just very, very traditional, orthodox, like black garment. Yeah. I guess I'll say. Yeah. Right, that, where I'm like, I lived down the street from an Orthodox church at the, the main dude. Like uh, a
0: Russian know. Orthodox church.
2: It was fun, dude, It is. Where uh, they had the like
0: on, slashes on the the crucifix and the stuff. The
2: big old stone fucking thing, this and that and stuff. Oh, but yeah, the guy, yeah, the main dude lived like five houses down the road from me, and so he walked back and forth all the time. And it's straight black robed. <laughs> like I swear he had a beard like that too. Yeah. I don't know if his hair was long, but it was like long beard, black robe, yeah. just kind of did his thing. It was and that it, guy. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, that. it was
1: that guy. Anyway, so the LA Times notes, quote, He then transformed himself into Father Yod, which is spelled Y-O-D. I think it should be Yod, but whatever. Um, uh, he transformed into Father Yod, which he described as the principle and the origin of all things, the I, the active principle, the image of a- of masculinity. And later, Yahuwah, drawn from the Hebrew name for God. He developed a daily routine for the family consisting Uh, of 40 instructions. Did
0: your fiancé check that out for you? Did you ask her?
1: (laughs) Uh, This is me quoting the LA Times, so, you know. Uh, oh, okay. he, he developed a daily routine so, for the family consisting of forty instructions that included chanting Yahua throughout the day, breathing techniques, meditations, visit, visualizations, uh, kindness Yahuwah? to strangers, and not Yahweh, Yahua, yeah, and uh, kindness hey. to strangers and a six-count <laughs> inhalation of the sacred herb.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Can you guys want to guess what that was?
0: Uh, probably parsley.
1: Yeah, parsley. Yeah, I thought so. Ah. No, yeah, he's smoking a ton of weed, um, and we're gonna read about <laughs> those. Uh, we're gonna read about those daily routines in just a few minutes. Um, but yeah, so he's flush with his cash, and he decides to move out of his apartment above the Source restaurant in order to have enough room for his growing flock, depending upon the source. But don't. Tss. Depending upon Ouch. the source you use, there was between. <laughs> there was between. Uh, <clears throat> hey man, it's in the script. I gotta read it. There's no all yeah, that. Yeah, my hands are tied. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. You uh, tied them. I, I, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> there's nothing. I, I mean, I'll run it up the chain, but I. Fucking, uh, you are the top. <laughs> (laughs) Depending upon the source you use, there was between 100 to 150 followers of Father Yod. Many, if not all of them, began selling their property and houses and belongings to move closer to their earthly, spiritual father and his home above the restaurant. Yod's devotees just so happened to be young, beautiful, and stylish, despite essentially living and working together 24-7. The the source family was very hip. They weren't dirty hippies, despite uh, despite their long hair, everyone was clean and well-dressed. They were styled icons in a way that members of the Manson family or People's Temple weren't. Father Yod learned very early on that the secret to success was finding as many young, beautiful women as possible and housing them under one roof. End quote. (laughs) That's... What is
0: that... uh, What's his name? Goddamn playboy.
1: Oh, uh, Uh, Hugh Hugh Hef.
0: Hugh Hefner, right. The Hugh Hefner... I feel like Hugh Hefner was doing that before this guy was doing his thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And I think that's probably influential on, like... What Jim's seeing at th- this time, you know, he's hundred fifty years old or whatever, but he's still seeing like porno mags coming up in gas stations and stuff, and he's like, "Oh shit, Playboy," you know, because Playboy well, styled itself as like a gentleman's thing, and I think that's where a lot of he's
0: in L.A. Playboy Mansion, Playboy
1: yeah. is like huge L.A. at
0: the, you know, like at that point in time, everybody hung did... out at the Playboy Mansion.
1: Yeah, did probably probably a whole
0: doll hung out at the Playboy did, Mansion?
1: Did... No, this guy did not create hustler. <gasps>
3: Yeah. Um, oh God.
1: he did not he didn't he didn't create Hustler but he did seem magical um, he was com- Larry
0: Flint that was uh, yeah Larry Flint uh, yeah was, yeah
1: uh, Jim used a combination of charisma and mystical manipulation to enthrall his followers the source family documentary from 2013 opens with a guy describing the appeal of Jim quote it's like we were spoiled. We had this super rich father, and he was the smartest guy in the world, he was the strongest guy in the world, the most belev- benevolent guy in the world, and he totally loved us." End quote. Uh, one guy, oh. sent to pick up Jim for some event, arrived to find Jim outside the building. Jim was like kind of meditating, holding, like rolling his eyes in the back of his head. And as soon as the driver reached out and touched him, uh, the driver felt his Kundalini shoot up through his spine. And from that moment, he was in. Uh, t- john 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 hopkins writes quote his followers became the source family a group of young people who lived with father yod in a home called the mother home there he instructed them in the arts of meditation smoking the sacred herb otherwise known as marijuana sex and familial love and quote another source claims that the source family practiced sex without orgasm which we'll get to a bit later like
0: seminal Ah. retention or without orgasm seminal retention from my understanding oh yeah Seminal retention's real. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's a real thing. Like yeah. that's how you prolong your orgasm as a man. Like, yeah. And so
3: after you, a while, you
1: like it. I'm just saying. No, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You hear that, listeners? Retain, hold retain hold your hold it in. <laughs> hold. Uh, After a while, Father Yod saw that he needed bigger accommodations if he was going to begin his spiritual boot camp. So the Source family rented out a 24-bedroom mansion with an Olympic-sized swimming pool and moved everyone in. A former cult member notes in that documentary, quote, We were living in vans and little apartments, and one day Father said, That's it. He said, "You're You're spending all this money on rent everywhere. We could take that money and all live together. And he found the home that had been the original home of the Chandler family of the L.A. Times, and we moved in there, end quote so they got this Mm. big gigantic house pretty fucking rad olympic-sized swimming pool 24 rooms so i'm sure we're all wondering what was life like inside it was a nightmare well first there was three easy steps to get into the source restaurant first sever ties with the material world by giving up everything and everyone you know this includes uh your flesh family Uh, Step two was to swear an oath of secrecy. What happens in the cult stays in the cult because of the whole, like, the outside world wouldn't get it. Um, Also, you wouldn't be able to uh, forgive yourself for not keeping the secrets. Uh, And the final step was to take on a new name, and we're going to get to that after this. Because once in a cult, they followed Yogi Bhajan's routine of a 3 a.m. cold shower, followed by kundalini yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Afterward, they would do a star exercise and a toke of the sacred herb. Father Yod forbade medicine and said opting for natural remedies like the sacred herb and a healthy diet. It was against the rules of the Source family to participate in Western medicine at all. Many children were born in the Source family, all without medical care. It wasn't infrequent to see a, bre- a woman breastfeeding her children throughout Mother House. 52 babies would end up being born inside the, uh, in, in the source family. And there's also uh, stories of a stillborn child being brought back to life by the hands of Father Yod. Um, so when they moved into the Chandler Mansion, the rules became more strict, with Father Yod issuing guideline commandments. And I'm going to read through them, but uh, stop me if you want to discuss something. Uh, they are as follows, quote, 1. Obey and live by the teachings of your earthly spiritual father, whose Father Yod. Uh, 2. Love your earthly spiritual father more than yourself. 3. Harm not one of your body parts, either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. I think knife, knife also means medicine. Um, 4. <laughs> Jesus, Allow each vibration to complete its own cycle without interference. 5. Possess nothing you do not need and share all that you have. Number 6. The man and his woman are one. Let nothing separate them. Number 7. Squander not thy creative force and lust, but come together only when the three vibrations of the physical, the mental, and the emotional are in harmony with spiritual love. I don't know what that means. I think it means you can't come unless it feels right, but whatever. Uh, Number 8. Each morning, join your vibration with the ascending currents of the universal life force, using the keys that your earthly spiritual father has taught you. Uh, number nine, do every act energetically, intelligently, truthfully, and lovingly. And when these commandments are mastered, leave the house of your earthly spiritual father, which is probably to die, um, and do the work of your heavenly spiritual father. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got a lot of commandments, a lot of weird stuff. But he's also got something that he calls Yahuwah's daily menu. And we're not going to read all of them because I, it's, it's just going to take us too long to do it all. Um, but So we just got done with the Guideline Commandments, but this is Yahuwah's daily menu. This is kind of like a minute-per-minute a, uh, minute on what they do during the day. Um, number one. As you awaken, exhale Yahweh for your first breath. After, after exhaling, say either aloud or to yourself, BE STILL AND KNOW THAT I AM GOD, which is in all caps. Uh, dip into our mother ocean or a swimming pool to rinse your body of all sleep and negative towel. Uh follow the phys- uh, physical exercise morning uh, physical exercise program every morning do the star exercise to tune yourself into the universal life energy currents of the morning <laughs> number six practice the pineal wave to eliminate any trace of negativity within <laughs> number eight is uh, instruct your tahuti water and coffee or tea I don't I have no fucking clue what that means. Uh, number nine, lose yourself to find yourself. Uh, <laughs> so, just a lot of these are just like really dumb. Like, um,
0: I don't know that any of these things necessarily strike me as being very dumb. I mean, they seem different. Certainly, like
1: they're kind of cliche. Shouting I guess is a better
0: way. Shit. Yeah, it's it's a little cliched. This is the problem with cults in general. And, and any of that kind of stuff, religions, whatever, uh, it all strikes on, like, a real truth. Yeah. Uh, it, it all pivots around a perverted realness that, if you remove the perversion of, is, is like, sacred. Yeah. And, and, and true in a way that can't be rightly explained with words. It's just something that you know. Yeah. Um. We often, I think, refer to that as faith. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so it's like, it, it yes, yeah, to laugh at, at a lot of the things that you were talking about, like, are things that, like, oh, yeah, you wake up every morning, you take a fucking dip in the pool, like, yeah, then you do some yoga and you eat healthy. That, well, in... bro, that's not bad doing. No. Like, <laughs> that's good for you. But, but...
1: I think the problematic form that this is taking here is like a, um, it's, it's militarizing it. it, it it's militarizing, like, pseudo-psychology where, like, there are kernels of truth in here, you know? In order yeah, to find yeah. yourself... You do have to go, like, in order to uh, explore a foreign country, you have to just throw yourself into it. You have to get lost to find your way, kind of a thing. And and there is a way that it, it isn't kind of cliche, and they are true, but that you're... By presenting them as this dogma that will create enlightenment, I think that's when it becomes more deceptive and manipulative than anything else. Well,
0: be, well when, you, that... when it's used to create control
1: yeah what were you saying well about?
0: yeah i was gonna say
2: but then there's always like there's always one part of that where you're like yeah that's true that's yeah. true that's true mm-hmm. and he goes he goes and you have to have sex with me
0: yeah no, and uh, you're like, hold on
2: okay uh, excuse wait me. what
1: excuse me. Question. Yeah, yeah, Question. yeah 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 <laughs> hold on Is uh
0: Am I top or <laughs>
2: yeah. you top? What what I, I, I agree kind of with work? all the last things. With that last one, he's like, yeah, yeah. No, you wanna wake up, jump in the pool, uh-huh. say some healthy things, uh-huh. clear your brain, yeah, fuck me, right. and talking, then sorry, sorry, do some yoga. And we'll and do yoga. Th- okay.
0: Like, hold on, back it up
2: too. Yeah, what,
1: you are like, really, talking really fast. Just hold on. What
2: was that? What was that part eight? Yeah. There. Uh, <laughs> the oh yeah yeah uh huh. So, anyways, so
1: so here's a couple that'll be two o'clock yeah like (laughs) fuck right. is this a fuck date yeah yoga afterward as well Um, so here's a couple more of those um, of those cliche (laughs) menu things Um, number 10 is use the power of silence it is the golden key of love and wisdom number 11 is
0: that's so real
2: though that's (laughs) fine that's absolutely fine Honestly, that's but... not wait. Wait for the one little slip where you're like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Of co-. Wait, but you want to get your way?
0: Shut the fuck up.
1: Well, and, I <laughs> promise it'll work. And also, sometimes, like I run into the issue, like interpersonally, where if I start getting heated up, my brain doesn't work as well. And so, by taking some time to like remove myself and to like think about how I feel and what how I want to present myself, I can come back to the argument later with a more like level head you know but by being silent and having those minutes to reflect and think about what i feel at that you know that's totally. that's where the stuff is fine you know but again it's kind of like pseudo psychology stuff where it's like just talk to a therapist guys they'll they'll teach you well
0: and also like any three of these things you could just do any three of them yeah and you'd already be 95% better off health physically metaphysically whatever yeah than most people in the world because they're not doing those things. Yeah. But to do all of them.
2: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's very specific. Just
0: order. it's a little like man there's a Buddhist monastery you could go to where yeah. you don't got to <laughs> fuck nobody. You know what I mean? Like I mean you don't yeah, have you don't have saying <laughs> like there's actual religions that aren't cults yeah. that do all of this stuff. I'm coming and upon it's this weird that like people would choose to go with the guy than just go over there and do the religion themselves.
1: Yeah, I'm coming into this idea that I don't think is an original thought, but I think religions are just cults that have lasted. You know. I don't yeah, know. of course. Anyway, uh, number eleven: use the sacred breath, uh, which is capitalized, to bring yourself into a central balance point to be used all day, especially after the sacred herb. So the the sacred herb is weed, by the way. I don't know if you caught it's that, the sacred
0: <laughs> breath sound like this? Yeah, sound that's basically it.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you don't uh, cough, you don't get off.
1: Number, number 12,
0: use
2: the
1: key, <laughs> use the key of the laughter. <laughs>
2: it just went a little differently back in the cult. <laughs> but, so,
1: so number 12 is use the key of laughter, and number 13 is stretch the sciatic nerve. <laughs> I'm guessing that Jim had back problems. <laughs> All right, we got, we got uh one more that I'm going to read. I, God is,
0: I a sciatic, dude.
1: Yeah, uh, one I more. assume
0: he does
2: at this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's got a lot he's of old. young
2: women living in this same house, and he's I'm old. Just,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so the last one is number. Ah. <laughs> uh, last number is number. Last one is number seventeen, <laughs> and it's uh meditate. religion. every religion. In it's, every religion. <laughs> meditate yeah, yeah. of the tarot card <laughs> of the day and so like these are kind of some of the things that wait they would, wait 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 wait, wait. oh, really? Roll that one. Roll oh now you want to listen yeah shut up <laughs> <laughs> um number 17 is meditate of the car- the tarot card of the day end quote okay. and so like these are the things these are some of the things that they're doing every day is like a part of their um spiritual routine like um you know people who um worship uh uh Allah, the muslims they they pray i think it's five <laughs> times a day or something like that you know like Catholics have like the the blood and m- blood and body of Christ or whatever that they eat. They've all got these things that they do every now and again. And for these guys, these are just some of the things that they. What have about to do. the Jews? What do the Jews have? Uh, Laka. Go oh, ask your fiance. Yeah, latkas. Exactly. We, we had latkas last and night. Dreidel.
0: And dreidel. Hello. And dreidel. Oh, was... the sun's down here. Happy Hanukkah, you guys. Happy
1: Hanukkah, buddy. Oh, yeah. um, keep k-
2: keep, it, keep in mind, all the stuff you just listed off is done before lunch. Yeah, <laughs> you done after lunch.
1: Oy vey. Oy vey. Um, so there we
2: talked about the menu, what to eat, and then there's the rest of the day. Yeah,
1: so there's like 22 more of those menu things, but we just don't have time for it all. So uh, we exactly. Get... <laughs> when, That's a...
0: <laughs>
2: when
1: we get back. nobody. Ain't nobody, like ain't nobody this... got time for that. No, for sure. I can't believe these people had time for it. Anyway, we're going to take a little break, and when we get back, we're going to continue talking about Jim and see how the source cult goes. And spoilers, guys. I mean, I
0: feel like this guy has finally
1: come home. He's finally found it. He really has. And when we come he back, to, we're just... He, a lot he doesn't go. move
2: to... Does he move to Texas?
1: No, no, no. He does move, okay. but we're going to tie that bow on this present when we get back from break. Bricka, <laughs> 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 and we are back.
0: See, I don't even know about rotisserie chicken. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry.
1: no, Sam, we're back. We're back. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned above, uh, any and all personally personal belongings had to be given away. Uh, you know, because of you know, it didn't show that you were serious about your spiritual growth. Otherwise, um, members of the uh, the source family also were not allowed to contact any flesh family, meaning you know their actual families. Um and this led many parents to send over police uh to bring their children, usually teenage girls, home. Uh and since like air quotes, the law just didn't get us, you know. Uh Father Yo decided to work around the parents in law enforcement by uh uh he just he kinda just had the underage girls marry members of the cult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Welcome to the seventies, baby.
1: Yeah. Uh if the underage women were married uh to members of the cult then the relationship was legally binding and thus not statutory rape for some legally confusing reasons I don't I don't quite get it but it seems like that But
0: how did they get married without parental consent if they
1: were underage I don't really know I I imagine it has a couple of things
2: It was this it was the 70s
1: yeah, that's what I was basically gonna we say have, in a nutshell. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have
2: laws now because of this, where they're like, yeah. actually, legal consent, actually. Well, yeah, let's start setting dates here.
1: And I feel like since, right. since let's nail this down. And I feel like since Jim Baker has, you know, he was a uh, he was some sort of Vedantic monk, and then he became like a uh, a Hindu practitioner, like in the eyes of the law um i feel like he just had the power to marry people and so they didn't really need anything other than two people to sign a form that's kind of what i'm i'm picturing anyway um and so you know all this to say like this is where things start getting even weirder than they have been uh even for members of the cult father yod started taking people's wives away and giving them to other members like a commodity uh the this is the hairpin here quote dating was complicated but
0: doesn't that go against hold up Pump the brakes. Doesn't that go against one of the like tenants of this huh. cult? Like, uh
1: huh.
0: No, no one shall come between a man and his wife or whatever. Hmm.
1: It's interesting that you've brought you that up.
0: You said that. You said that. It's right. Ins- I'm, it's uh,
1: interesting that you brought that up, Sam. Hmm. Probably, it probably won't come up. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. Uh, that was qu- that
2: air. That was air. That was air quotes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he, he had his fingers crossed <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Uh, from the hairpin again. Quote, dating was complicated. Women chose their partners, for whom they sewed robes and made coffee and gave skilled massages, but could be reassigned to single sons, according to the dictates of their father, who retitled himself Yahuwah to indicate his godliness. End
2: you couldn't could see the three air quotes that Lauren just did not really said that
1: <laughs> yeah. as well. It was a quote, unquote. skilled massages. Reassigned quote. and single sons were all in air yeah. quotes there. Quote, 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 unquote, 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 um, Father Yod, now Yahu- Yahuwah d- also decided that he needed more spiritual wives as well, some of whom were underage. Robin, uh, Father Yod's wife, says in the documentary, quote, the day that he came home and announced that he was going to have more than one woman, more than one wife, he asked me what I thought. And I said, I think you're a dirty old man on a lust trip. That's what I think your sixth commandment, a man and his woman are one, not let nothing separate them. Oh, he so blew that commandment End quote. So Sam, as you pointed out, oh, yeah, yeah, his wife, his wife who loves him dearly, by the way, we're going to get into that here in a little bit too. But like, she is desperately in love with him ever since he saved her from being murdered by, you know, the Manson family. Um, She's, oh, she's heartbroken as fuck about this, but she's not going to do anything because we're going to, we're going to see it here in a little bit. And so it's, yeah, it's. This is where I was like, I wanted to do a fun episode. This, you know, this seems like it'll be fun. And so it, fun. And started That's getting into this stuff, fun. and I was like, oh, I've hurt my own feelings. Jim
0: <laughs> Baker, right now, it's all coming together.
1: He hurt himself in his confusion. <laughs> all
0: coming together.
1: Yeah. Um. So of course, some of these married couples were, of course, you know, young girls getting married to older men, as this John Hopkins article notes. Quote, while not all of the female cult members were fo- uh, bound to Father Yod specifically, underage women were strongly encouraged to marry into the family. This was in part so the police couldn't force them back to, uh, to go back to their parents. The result was that 16-year-old girls were frequently paired with men in their 30s, end quote. And so, yeah. A- after this whole, like, th- this person now has to marry this person and the, uh, I'm gonna have multiple wives, uh, many of whom are underage, thing. Uh, the cult keeps getting weirder even for people there um Robin has to publicly undergo humiliation and heartbreak as her beloved husband um takes wife after wife each of whom has their own like I, I don't know Jim does this thing where each of his wives has roles you know and he even <laughs> yeah Yahua even has a quote favorite wife Makushla who was his mother angel those are in air quotes listeners um we just
2: lot, a lot of air quotes going on yeah
1: and the whole like my wife is also my mother and angel it's like a weirdly freudian thing that we're just not going to get into a whole lot of because it's
0: yeah but also like of course he gives each one a role and validates their position her her position in existence
1: as as his wife and I think he, uh, I, th- uh, I think he sees it as. Kind how old of, is
0: he at this point?
1: Uh, he, this is seventy-one, so he's I was to, approaching yeah. fifty, if not. I, I think he's about 50, 49, 50, something like that. What year was he born? Uh, twenty-two. But it it is weird because he's got kind of like he's looking at his wives, kind of like how people look at their chess set, where you've got your king and your queen, and then you've got your uh, you've got your bishop, you've got your rook, you've got your rook or you're a your knight and that's kind of the way that he's like organizing his wives where he's like you're all special in different ways but you help me control the board that's kind of what i'm picking up here anyway
0: when the game is over the king and the pawn go back in the same box
1: they do they do (laughs) uh since everything's all weird and shit this is where people start thinking about leaving the cult uh one left after his child uh developed an ear infection and rather than like getting the baby antibiotics the group just kind of waved uh, green and blue lights over the child while chanting. I don't know if that child ever saw a doctor or if that child got better, um, but we do know that at it least didn't. it died. We know at least, at least two infants died in the cult. Um, in addition to taking on new brides, all members took on new names. Uh, some of their name, <laughs> I forgot about this part.
0: <laughs> Motherfucking moonbeam star child dust butt.
1: Some of their names were Magus, uh, Magus. Magus, yeah. Isis, Sunflower, you nailed it, Sam, Electricity, Orbit, Electra, and Zinnaru. And th- this is just to name a few, by the way.
0: I kinda like Zinnaro. <laughs> I kinda like too. That gotta gotta like it's it,
1: it's free. It rolls out of the mouth too. Zinnaru, you're here. Yeah.
0: Oh everyone, Zinnaru's here. Yeah. Grab the extra acid. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ, uh, John Hopkins. Helps oh, Ginger us... here. Yes, John Hopkins. Zinru. John Hopkins helps us tell the rest of this part of the story. Uh, quote. Then they all took the surname Aquarian, middle name the. This meant that a typical family member would be called something like Magus the Aquarian. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Magus, Magus. Magus. <laughs> Magus the Aquarian. It's awesome. Um, oh, so much yes. Father Yod, when speaking to his flock, was very powerful and moving. It probably helped that everyone must have been high as fuck on acid because they also saw magic. And this is again from John Hopkins. Uh, quote, his followers would sometimes see lightning bolts coming out of his ears or mystical clouds of energy filling the room when he spoke. The family practiced sex magic, whose effects were at times so intense that the Aquarians witnessed vampires walking down their staircase. and End quote. <laughs> Huh. Okay, when I
0: said the thing about sex magic, uh, that's not the thing.
1: Uh, that's not what I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. you're not used to sex vampires? magic vampires. What the fuck? Sean, Sean did you, uh, viewers, experience any sex magic vampires?
2: I just, uh, was just thinking Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: I mean, elaborate, please.
2: Uh, their song, or their album, uh, Sex, Blood, Sugar, or... Oh, blood sugar, yeah. blood sugar, sex magic.
1: Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. That song, like, yeah, sounds like the... sounds
2: like a lot of food, some blood. But the sugar sex, cubes have
1: acid on them. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've transcribed a um, part of a recorded meditation class uh, for for us here and you listeners, um, and I, I did that because I wanted to get a view of exactly like what we were being taught and and like, I think. I think it helps us kind of see that there's like a um, psychedelic pseudo psychology spiritualism that's at play here. And uh, so Father Yod in this meditation says, quote, try to love everyone. It has been said unto you, love everyone. Try it. You cannot. But you can be kind. Oh, that ends it, sweetheart. You become part of that guardian wall, which protects humanity, end quote, which isn't. Like, we were talking about this. This isn't untrue, right? What the
3: right? fuck? <laughs> uh.
1: But, like, this isn't untrue. I, I I, think it's something that, like, the hippie and psychedelic world, they just kind of forgot the actual things happening that were unkind. Uh, they, they, you know... These guys could have been a part of a social advocacy group looking to help the civil rights movement, which I would argue is an act of kindness. They could have paid more attention to, uh, like, Ronald Reagan, who I think is governing California at the time. They could have done something about that. There were movements in this era that they could have given a fuck about, and rather than doing that, they just kind of talk about revolution without making any change or doing anything. You know, and it...
0: Sure, sure. That's what most people do. That's Facebook.
1: Yeah, it is. And I... To be clear, I think this is kind of a kind of a criticism against the source cult, but it's also a criticism of like the pacifism bred bred in these pseudo revolutionary spiritual circles. Acts of kindness can be just helping the downtrodden or assisting a friend, but there's there are like little literal mechanisms of government that go completely ignored by these folks, these like the source members. And rather than step up to the challenge of change, like, they just view society as not worth saving and only try to benefit a small, in, like, enrich a small number of these people. And, like, I, I'm not going to rant about it anymore, but I think that, like, what he's saying is inherent. Like, be nice to people, of course, but, like, no, man, you you could do a lot more. You don't just have to, like, be kind. You have to actively engage in some of this stuff. And I don't know. He's also trying to breed, like... He, he's trying to help people not think for themselves, too. So it... it that's exactly why he's doing this kind of stuff. Followers are harder to control if they have their own thoughts and feelings about stuff. So, whatever, I'm done ranting. Um, because we have something fun to go into. Uh, 1973. So, guys, uh, <laughs> this hasn't been very many years at all. <laughs> In 1973, since the cult, you know, the Manson family had just done what, you know, the cult, whole cult that murders people thing. Um, the neighbors of the, the, the mother house, they got tired of, like, all the music and drugs and partying, and they eventually put pressures on the owner of the property to sell the mansion out from under the Source family. This forced the family to move to move into a three-bedroom, three-bath house they dubbed the Father House. In order to accommodate the entire Source family, the, bedroom was, were, the bedrooms were fitted with what were described as two rows of three-by-six-foot uh, cubby holes to each bedroom with 150 cubby holes in total. <laughs> Sam, I think uh, your mic's off, buddy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's oh, you're just mouthing words?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? I know. Wow. It's,
1: it's fucking crazy.
2: I mean, they knew how to utilize space, apparently.
1: They really did. But also, uh, and I'm sure you guys knew this, but Jim isn't living here. He's living in like other houses and like fancier. There's place. not
2: any room left. <laughs> That's... It's not possible that it could. He's like, I'll be down the street.
1: He could sleep in the, on the roof or something. But yeah, he's basically okay. just living down the street. Um, and so you know, it's a tight squeeze, but they make it work somehow. And so they fit, you know, they fit a bunch of people into this little this little house. And it may surprise you to know that they did have a garage. Um, but they didn't fill it with beds and I want you guys to take a guess starting with Sean what they did fill that garage with
2: um oh that's a that's a good one not beds not like some teachings wait no I'm oh trying. I know what it is would
1: what would you say Sean
2: just like some praying teaching.
1: Okay, you're alter
2: going, altars or something like, like a that? church
1: kind of thing. Is what you're going with?
2: Like that? Yeah, the space where they can all get kneel down and okay, right. do the thing.
1: house know. of worship. All right, Sam. What are what are your, what are your thoughts on on it?
0: Rolls Royces. <laughs> oh, that's a
1: good
2: one. <laughs> that's a good one.
0: How big was the garage?
1: Um, I think it's as a two car. A, it's a two car garage, from what I understand.
0: Two Rolls Royces.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, that's a once, once purple with gold trim, and once. You, or are they
0: Nissans at this
2: point? Because yeah. like,
1: you guys are gonna feel, uh, you guys are gonna feel really embarrassed because Sean, you you're gonna be able to relate to this because obviously you fill your garage with a psychedelic rock band. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they inevit- you know, it's kind of obvious that they would inevitably start a co- almost completely improvised psychedelic rock band fronted by Father Yod on vocals and kettle drum. Fuck yeah. <laughs> on vocals and kettle yeah. drum. <laughs> so how do you how do you guys feel about the uh, the psychedelic rock band?
0: I like psychedelic rock bands just as long as they're not playing anywhere near me.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think
0: <laughs> I think
2: it was inevitable. Wait, wait, did he, he know Jerry?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Uh,
0: what? Uh, wait, where are we're in L.A.
2: still? We're
1: still in L.A. Yeah.
0: That's, okay, so they're nowhere near all of San Francisco and the wonderful things that are happening there. Yeah. Well, and a during part, the
2: acid, during a, the acid phase in Vietnam and yeah. uh, all the other stuff going on in the world that might induce acid
1: well cults. and think about this too is that James is also trying to Father Yode. my apologies um, he's also Jim. trying to um, to insulate his his crew as much as possible to the outside world and so even if Jerry Garcia and the fucking uh, what are the, the dead bands or whatever they were like touring around this area I'm not certain that he would have allowed the them to go sure but, but I'm he not heard certain of them yeah it
2: was like psychedelic rocks about to happen and it was like oh you don't have any influence on the outside world
0: Yeah, so you ever
2: heard music? No, man. It was
0: probably weird. Like the band was really only for the cult,
1: kind of anybody
0: who wanted to come to the cult thing.
1: Kind of actually. We're gonna get to that in just a second. But guys, I want. How did? How would you guys guess that these guys were able to afford all this musical equipment?
0: Probably Robin Banks knowing this (laughs) dude's record. (laughs) No, it's parents' money.
1: Okay, what do you think, Sean?
0: I was gonna. Well, I mean. I
2: was going to say, I see they're just donations because he only got young people from rich families type of shit. Mm. Or it's, uh, what was I going to say?
0: How come I mean, it's two guesses. <laughs>
2: That's
1: such a baby, <laughs> Sean or Sam. Oh, shit. Um, well, they afforded this uh, musical equipment with a con. Here's the Guardian. Quote, in 1973, Father Yod was given $30,000 by a Hungarian Holocaust survivor named Damascus, a rumored mobster often referred to as the Godfather. According to Aquarian, who's a uh, a member of the cult, Aquarian the Aquarian. It's a dumb fucking name. Anyway, the money was intended wow. to start a new business, an ice cream, uh, a healthy ice cream parlor. But instead, Father Yod spent it on musical instruments and built a studio in the garage. "End quote."
0: <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> It's so
1: awesome. I haven't done the That's math. That's
0: where I got this guitar that you're hearing today. Hey! <laughs> hey! I haven't, <laughs> I haven't
1: done the math, but it's like $30,000 in 70s money is probably close to like $200,000 today. Maybe 150000 or something. So it's a lot of fucking money he dumps into this. Um,
0: Bro, he didn't spend it all on musical equipment. You know he put some of that up his butt.
1: I don't know, man. Listen to this next part. Because they started out under the name uh, Father Yod, and I mean... You're probably right, Sam. You probably spent a little bit of it on drugs. But anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah. Some of it's going somewhere. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> they started out under the... Go ahead, Sam. No, fuck you. All right, God. let me Can I read my script or do you want no, to do the comedy thing? No,
0: fuck your script, dude. I don't even I don't even know why I do
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: warned you. Get out of here.
1: Sam, you're getting it. This is your your red card for Oh no. Um, So they started out under the name Father Yod and the Spirit of 76, and then they were the Savage Sons of Yahuwah, then Yodship, then Fire, Water, Air, but changed their name to the one that would stick ultimately, Yahuwah 13. They eventually would release a a total of nine LPs, but it's claimed that they made between 60 to 65 albums, each of them recorded between 3 and 6 in the morning, after meditations of course.
0: Right. So an <laughs> album, that's just like one evening they recorded and blah, blah. Yeah. The, you know. <laughs> so they. The, but the, they, they independently, wait a second. I'm, I got to pull up Spotify. They
1: independently produced somewhere between 500 and 1,000 of each of these albums, which they sold in their, their source restaurant. Some of these are still considered extremely valuable pieces of 70s vinyl albums by collectors of psychedelia.
0: Yo, what was the last one?
1: Uh, Yahuwah 13. Y-A-H-O-W-A space 13. Uh, This is from The Guardian again. Quote, <laughs> to- <laughs> yeah I know I know Sam <laughs> quote today the original LP trade hands for thousands of pounds or you know not American dollars uh thousands of pounds online The Source Family scrapbook co-author Jody Will which also directed the 2012 feature documentary The Source Family explains that a nascent appreciation had been brewing since the 80s Sonic Youth's Thurston Moore actor musician Vincent Gallo and super producer Rick Rubin are fans uh the music is polarizing, she says. Some people consider it unlistenable, but there's also a primal punk quality to it. It's... <laughs> Sam, are you looking it oh, up right now?
0: Fucking, I'm, I am <laughs> on the Father Yode and the oh, Source Family yeah. Spotify <laughs> channel. Yeah, you can, uh, <laughs> also... There's uh, Stars of David on this album cover and yep. Camp of the Gypsies, Sunshine Man, <laughs> Nam yo ho rang kyo <laughs> Fertility dance Yeah no, that's a treat, an- treat you so right All right <laughs> Magnificent in the memory Wow that's the album
1: yeah, so YouTube has several of their albums, although, in my opinion, the music isn't very good. Um, some of the albums are much more improvised than others. Some of them have, like, a typical 70s, like, rock and roll, psychedelic feel. Some are, like, more ethereal and are, like, definitely improvised. Um, also, Father Yo doesn't seem to have musical timing, um, but some people would argue that that's, like, the complexity of the music. And, like... Ugh, I don't...
0: being bad. Yeah. Oh, they <laughs> yeah. should play yeah. that shit at the MPAC. I went and saw this show the other day. It was just like the worst thing I've ever listened to in my whole life. And it seemed almost like purposely weaponized noise. (laughs) (laughs) Like that this guy was, yo, I'm a composer. You fucking, you're a, you're an asshole. Yeah, you are, sir. <laughs> you
1: just—you <laughs> just wanted to play <laughs> the most annoying sounds in combination with each other and called yourself an artist.
0: Well, if you're not familiar with traditional music composition uh-huh. and theory, then this might all be lost on you.
1: Oh, one of those. Yeah, that's—that's that's, I think what Father Yod's doing here too, because uh, like I read that. Uh, one of the things that i read was that like source family members had actually been like jamming in the garage for about a year um when father yod came in one day and was like all right i'll be lead singer i guess and so like it seems like father yod just kind of inserted himself into it and everybody had ruined it and everybody yeah everybody had to just play along so (laughs) It's, it's pretty cool Ultimately, it's not my kind of music, uh, but Isis the Aquarian, who entered the cult as an aspiring videographer and experienced the entire cult through, the, the, through a lens, uh, she eventually also became one of Father Yod's wives and their historian. But anyway, uh, Isis the Aquarian has dedicated herself to preserving the history of the Source family and has recently discovered some old tapes and vinyls and is working to get them published. Yahoo! 13, this might surprise you guys, was never su- uh, signed to a label despite their best attempts. It also seems their cult wasn't able to really find good places to perform, as the only places they were able to secure were just a few shows in high schools. Um, in the documentary. <laughs>
0: oh, that checks out. <laughs>
1: in the in the the 2013 documentary you can see Father Yod vamping on stage and he's like in between songs or they're like warming up a song and he's trying to entice like entice literal high schoolers into joining his cult he's just like you know we all have questions and you guys out there you can come join me and i'll teach you the secrets of the anyway it's really fucking gross cuz these are again like high school students
0: <laughs> really, yeah Right. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, yeah, we only play high school." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: yeah, an artistic yeah. choice, not a thing that nah, but just
0: <laughs> no big deal, 52-year-old just playing high school's yeah, only.
1: For sure. But nothing weird about it. You're honestly you're making it weird. <laughs> so, um <laughs> after the band is created, Jim uh, buys a Rolls-Royce and uh starts having people show for him around. And I'm going to share a uh I'm going to share a photo with you guys of Jim and the cult cool in front of this uh this Rolls Royce because it's pretty fucking cool.
2: Hell
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like. Look
0: at all those pregnant. Look
2: at all those <laughs> pregnant ladies. Like, that's a that's a lot of babies going on. That's here. a
1: lot of pregnant baby, and there's like five children in the foreground of the photo too. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, and again he's Boy, just howdy. he just do lo- you
0: love those halter tops though.
1: Yeah, they're really nice looking, actually.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong with that? Tell you what.
0: Man, that one lady is so
1: super pregnant. She's super duper pregnant. It's Holy crazy. shit. Yeah.
0: It's like her stomach is twice the size of her torso. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, there's so, mu- it's so much stomach.
1: Yeah, I know. It's she, like, I she think... gave birth directly after that photo.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hope so. God yeah. damn, don't go another day, lady. Yeah. Jesus.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) So they're living in the father house making psychedelic music in a cramped three-bedroom house, which is the perfect ground. It's perfect breeding ground uh, for disease. I mean, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is a perfect breeding ground, but it's also a perfect breeding ground for disease, yeah. (laughs) Sam, this went a different direction, didn't it? Like,
0: Well, well, I'm thinking about how, how many pregnant women there were, and you're like, nobody's wearing condoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. What year are we? So it's not AIDS.
1: No, this is 73. Um, Right. In late 73, there's an outbreak of staph. A young disciple, Anastasia, develops uh, staph on her breast. And her infant baby, baby Libra, develops staph in her lungs because the baby is still breastfeeding. Um, And, you know, they're not allowed to go to the hospital and shit like that. So once Libra starts being unable to breathe, uh, Anastasia decided fuck that and took the baby to the hospital. And, no doubt. and uh, the doctors informed her that if she hadn't, if she had waited just even one more hour, her child would have died. And so by disobeying her God, Anastasia had saved her baby's life. This inadvertently alerted the medical staff and authorities that something fucky was going on in the father house. And because of an unruly woman, listeners see our War on Women episodes... Um, Jim had to start changing rules and began assigning women to various men. Like yet again, uh, women were no allowed to work, no longer allowed to work outside of the cult. Instead, they had to spend their days cooking and cleaning for the men in the group. And
0: well, that's gonna go over really well. Yeah,
1: and this is where we're gonna let the hairpin take over to to help us tell the story of what comes next. Quote: Since it was smaller, most had to sleep in stacked cubby holes, which was not copacetic to the authorities. Either at the time was homeschooling or home birthing or letting kids with bad infections go without medical treatment. When a source family uh, baby nearly died of staff in the lungs, the hospital reported them. Soon after that, the family's teachings got deep into the apocalypse, end quote. So we can see that Jim's getting just like a little bit of pushback and is immediately like, They're out to get us! They're out
0: Trag- to try! Fragile male ego. <laughs> the fragility is... And therefore, you to see is, it, yes, it is.
1: And it really is because, like, if, because the authorities are basically going to be like, look, you just need to add an extra couple of bedrooms here and it'll be fine or whatever. Just stop giving people staff. That's kind of what the authorities are there for. But Jim, he sees any kind of pushback as basically being like, you and your beliefs are wrong. And so we've got to fight you. We've got to fight about it now. And that's, uh it's a pretty cool position to be in. Um, just being <laughs> just being the kind of person that's like, hey man, I think we could do it a better way and being like, totally why do you hate delusional. me? Totally delusional. Totally delusional. Um, so by the end of 1974, Baker's attitude was beginning to become more nihilistic uh he was claiming the u.s was to be brought to, into a nuclear war the chaos and destruction that followed would kill everybody on earth except for baker and the source members um and this kind of created an us versus them kind of thing <laughs> and uh, oh boy followers uh, were ready to bring about the age of the aquarius <laughs> By early 1974, Father Yodid had had more wives, ending up with something like 13 or 14, and he was being investigated for tax fraud, child endangerment, and, you know, the whole, like, underage women marrying adults kind of a thing. Um, So late in 74, Baker begins uh, teaching tantric sex magic to his cult, brought to you by Alistair Crowley. And this is where things get a little (laughs) gross. Um... Source members were doing a sex magic thing uh, called Kadosh. And this is where we're going to quote from the Colts podcast we've talked about. Uh, Quote, First, women who were menstruating were forced to have sex with multiple men. This was because, according to Crowley, menstrual blood had magical powers that would lead to the highest forms of enlightenment. Garand, who's a former Source member and the only person to describe Kadosh, states that uh, women's menstrual blood was mixed with men's semen. She, Garand, then writes that the ritual was referred to as a feeding. So it seems as a part of the ritual of kadosh, either one or both parties were forced to ingest a mixture of semen and menstrual fluid, end quote. Sex magic!
0: Well, I mean, you, you don't have your red wings, dude. I, that's all. <laughs>
1: it, just, it just feels a little coercive to me.
0: <laughs> I mean, if somebody's forcing somebody else to do something, that's wrong always. But always, like, yeah. Uh, but if you're, like, willfully doing it or involved in this as, like, a consenting adult, and that's what you want to do, <laughs> yeah, you're just
1: a weirdo.
2: You just, you just got your thing.
1: Yeah, and I have, you know? I have no problem with people having their own, like, feelings about specific sex acts. I just think that, uh, based for instance, a lot of people, after they took their oath of secrecy, they just started spilling their beans after the end of the cult. Like, they told everybody everything that they could about about the things but people don't talk about this. This is the only Garand is the only person who talks about this specifically. And so it leads me to think that there was some sort of like coercive nature to it. Um obviously it's a cult, so there's naturally gonna be coercive nature to it. But it it indicates to me, since she's the only person to talk about it in this way, that there's probably some sort of sexual trauma that makes people like not want to bring that up. So I don't know. Oh Sure, Here's maybe a, yeah. Totally
0: valid. That's
1: a valid point. Yeah. Anyway, it was around the same time that Father Yod was like, all right, it's getting too fucking hot in here. And by that, you know, it's getting too hot in the kitchen here. Um, So by the end of that year, on December 26th, 1974, Father Yod had sold the Source Family restaurant and started moving the Source Family to a 14 acre lot in Hawaii, where they would surely be embraced with overwhelming enthusiasm for the spiritual and health food teachings of Father Yod. Some Source members did not go. So this is cool, you know. They're they're packing up, moving on to bigger and better things. They're going to Hawaii. They're bringing all their their wisdom to Hawaii to teach these people, you know, how to how to live. You know, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. Um, and I've know, never been to Hawaii. Me neither. Um, but again, some family members didn't go, which was for the better because Hawaii and the locals did not want some fucking weird ass sex cult coming onto their fucking islands to do weird ass sex cult bullshit. The locals saw long-robed, long-haired members of the Source family looking for jobs, uh, looking for work to support the family. And these weird-ass people were moving onto their lands and t- trying to take their jobs, literally. Uh, so they were far from being, th- like, they were honestly just so far from being well welcomed that even the local police started tailing members of the cult. Um, some members were threatened by violence by the locals, gun violence to be specific. Um, because, again, they didn't want some new, like, Manson family moving onto their fucking island doing weird shit
0: trying to fucking convince their 14 and 16 year old daughters to come get married at the cult
1: yeah honestly i'm totally on the hawaiian side of this because like they, they're, they've they they been very clear like we don't want outsiders Bro, it'd be
0: weird if you were on the cult side. <laughs> that would be weird actually. <laughs> it'd be weird like maybe
1: our last episode together honestly i think they're just being a little hard on them and they don't totally get it you know all right bye <laughs> so instead of relying on the locals to help support them the source family uh, father yod had a brilliant idea they'd start a fishing company uh which they had to do because father yod and the source family were basically broke um and this seems like it was probably a good idea um but the locals a lot would, of
0: fish in the ocean you a lot, know
1: that there's a reason there's a cliche you know a lot of fish in the sea um, but the locals were not really true now it's mostly trash mostly trash and plastic floating plastic <laughs> but the locals wouldn't tell uh, the source family where the good fishing spots were you know because fuck them um, and the source family began their fishing expeditions but none of them were really good at it none of them were like experienced fishermen <laughs> so eventually they decided to make it easy on themselves and they bought a plane do you guys <sighs> Can you guys guess why they bought yeah. a? Pl- can you guys guess why they bought a plane? <laughs> to look for fish. To look for fish. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which is, I don't. I mean, I'm not a fisherman. I don't think that that's how fishing works. But whatever. The, cl-
0: the, the
2: clear, clear ocean water. You just gotta get above it so you can see through and
0: see where the fish are at. That's like, science. Dude, I can't believe you don't know that. Okay. You just put a big bubble lens in the water and fly over the top of it and you see all the fish.
1: <laughs> it's like the opposite a, of a periscope. Idiot. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's
2: pretty simple. They're like, why don't you catch any fish over here? They're like, cause the fish aren't here. They're over there. <laughs> how do you know that? We just
1: asked. We just we just asked these people. Anyway, I mean,
0: yeah, I don't see how that works, but maybe there's a way.
1: Maybe there's a way. I don't know. Again, I'm not a, like it's, an experienced ocean fisherman, but I feel like that's not how you do it. It starts
2: know. with an airplane. Everything Th- starts with an airplane.
1: Snakes on a plane. Anyway, having then, spent all their then, money.
2: Then you buy a pole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having spent all yeah. their money. That's, the, that's the, the thing you do first. You buy a, a fishing pole. If you're good at that, then go to boat.
0: No, no, no. no. You buy no. a plane. <laughs> buy- <laughs> <laughs> and you then buy a- you buy a
2: fishing pole.
0: Don't and waste if strength. you if you like flying, then you buy a boat. You might like fishing. <laughs> you like fishing. You know, yeah, you never know. You so it would be the
1: greatest. So having spent all their money on a plane to look for fish and a boat to catch them, the source families the, their, die. Their, oh, yeah, sorry, their, their finances were struggling no, even more, pushing them to the point of bankruptcy. From Rancor, quote. Things quickly grew desperate, and Father Yod instructed his male male disciples to trim their hair and beards and find jobs as soon as possible. Meanwhile, Father Yod became more detached from reality, indulging in grand illusions of his own godliness before veering into rage and frustration over not being welcomed with open arms to his to this supposed paradise. End quote. And so it got so bad that some accounts say that Father Yod began asking people to leave the cult, <laughs> um, and, and this was to like keep the cult financially stable for a little while longer. Uh, source member, source family members had to live off fruit they could forage. Uh, at a certain point, Father Yod began
0: seeing.
1: <clears throat> Did you have thoughts about that, Sam?
0: <laughs> no, I was just laughing.
1: At a certain point, Father Yod began seeing enemies everywhere, setting up armed guards. These armed guards had literally no experience with their weapons, and some didn't, didn't even have flashlights. Some sources say they were armed with guns and arrows. Others say that they had, like, guns. I don't really know what the situation yeah, was. bows and arrows? Uh, Bows and arrows. What did I say? Guns and arrows. Ugh, no, I, and I meant arrows. the first thing I said. I meant the first thing I said. yeah. <laughs> You got um,
0: back up, buddy. I got a gun and an arrow. Listen, you just got take, arrows so rocks.
1: You just take the crossbow bolt, stick it right into that little thingy there, the barrel. Yeah, the barrel, and then you.
0: Yeah, I fall on it and you die.
1: Um, that's how it works. But listen, it wasn't terrible for everyone. Um, at least one member had found an, a hobby on the island. According to an unreliable source, one member had taken up hang gliding in Hawaii, even competing in a hang gliding contest. Uh, that particular family member had set up. Uh, had set a world record for hanging for thirteen hours. So that—that's pretty cool. You know what the fuck. <laughs> the st- <laughs> I'm just picturing trying to eat lunch on the, like the <laughs> this hang glider. Um, in fact, many Some many people. I know. Many, many people would often leap from a 1,400-foot thir- cliff to glide down to the beach. It was a pretty popular uh, destination for hang gliders because of the strong winds that pushed up the mountain with a reliable frequency, and it gave them like a place to sort of like surveil the island from a massive height for a long time. Anyway, Father Yod began seeing... Seeming like more uh, like downtrodden, life in Hawaii was more difficult than it had been in L.A. And this might be co- be because like L.A. is a gigantic place, like just filled with rubes, uh, and like the population of Hawaii seems to be more like a tightly knit community, keeping things in order. <laughs> so family members were downtrodden, and uh, from that Colts podcast quote, and began using cocaine and nitrous oxide as a means of forgetting the worldly troubles. Uh, end quote. While Father Yod Quote, began talking about how the source family would survive after he was gone. End quote. And things just kind of keep getting weird in that documentary. One of his wives notes, quote, "The meditations during that summer were really intense. Yehoah went for long periods of just si- of just silence, and he would just he'd be like this, and she closes her eyes and like puts her hands up and like palms down, kind of like feeling the air in front of her, and she pauses for a second, and then he'd just come out of it and be like." I've taught you everything. There's nothing else to teach you. He was like, Okay, little birdies, fly out of the nest. End quote. So, on August 25th, 1975, a little more than half a year after arriving, Colt started their morning meditation ritual with, as Zinaru the Aquarian mentions in that documentary, quote, A large bowl of magic mushrooms with source dressing on it, of course. End quote. (laughs) What the
0: fuck is source? Stra- I don't even want well, to know. Well, remember
1: because they had the restaurant, so they made their own like the source family uh, dressing, you know. So he's talking about like a salad sort of thing. Um, sitting in front of his flock, Father Yoda had announced to them that oh, so,
2: oh, source, source dressing.
1: Yeah, source dressing, like source salad dressing. I
2: thought you said source dressing. I was like, what the fuck is actually going on here right
1: now they got weird names for everything no it's like the source family the source family dressing Um, yeah
2: source family dressing gotcha i think i've had some of that actually it's not too bad okay cool
1: i really (laughs) really really hope you haven't (laughs) Uh, sitting in front of his flock father Yod announced to them that he was going to go hang gliding with the help of their hang gliding member Uh, When he announces that, you can hear audible screams and gasps from the women and his wives when he announces this. Um, Zinaru says, quote, After starting to feel the effects of the mushrooms, Father suggested we go up and take a little walk outside in nature, end quote. Once they arrived at the top of the mountain, Father Yod seemed strange. Zinaru says again, quote, He started to speak and he said, I'm not God. I'm not God. I'm just a man. And Makushula said, shh, 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 don't say that. You're God you're God. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm a man. I'm a man like any other man. And it changed my relationship with him that day. And I know it. And the hairpin notes, while nobody says this outright, one gets the impression that he was testing himself. If he were God, he would soar. If he were a man, he probably wouldn't. And so without any previous hang gliding experience, Father Yod strapped himself in and leapt from the mountain. Makushla, his favorite wife, dubbed his mother angel said quote the wind was incredibly incredibly powerful end quote the la times reports that quote while he was in midair the wind simply stopped jim plummeted for a short while then was able to regain control then he lost and regained control a few more times before eventually crash landing into a campsite on the beach 1400 feet below the source family immediately began the long drive or walk down to the beach i'm not really sure which um, when they arrived, they found Father Yod surrounded by emergency personnel, unable to move. In some tellings of the story, Father Yod refused the emergency personnel's offer for medical help, despite knowing that his spine was broken. And there's like there's conflicting stories here, because one account is Makushala saying that uh, in that documentary, uh, quote, Yahuwah asked if he should go to the hospital, and I told him that he could, but if he did, he would, it would be against his beliefs, so he decided not to go, end quote. Another account from the Journal of Charisma Studies, uh, from their article Stoking the Counterculture Father Yod and the Bliss of Guruhood, says Quote, Instead of the, murder- uh, instead of the medical personnel's help, the members carried him to the backseat of the Mercedes and up to the house. He had broken his back and was in intense pain. Yet when he was asked, yet when he asked to be taken to a hospital, his acolytes reminded him that this went against the family's anti-Western medicine beliefs. End quote. <laughs> so, and most of this is hearsay. So we'll probably never know, like, like to what degree Father Yod like wanted medical help. Isis, the source family's photographer, a videographer turned historian, and one of Father Yod's wives captured footage from this incident, wherein Father Yod says, "Quote, I thought I was going to fly the kite." but I guess it was God's last lesson he had to teach me, end quote. And honestly, regardless of uh, what was said after his crash landing, Father Yod's final leap of faith would ultimately prove that he was not, in fact, a god, but merely another mortal man lost in a chaotic world and looking for meaning. But it may come for you guys to know um, that even in his last few hours, because he survived something like seven hours, um, Jim still found time to be a dick just one more time. <laughs>
0: Naturally. <laughs> I mean, Yo, after hour five, bro. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> you know.
2: So, you're just going to be a dick. Yeah. You're just going to be a dick. Yeah. Like.
1: So uh, so he, he found time to be just a dick just one more time in the form of ignoring his flesh, f- flesh family. From the Journal of Charisma Studies again, quote, and it was in that state, lying on his back, in great pain, that his former wife, Elaine, and their son called, but he refused to speak to them. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so this old man's dying from breaking his own back, and his actual blood family calls, and he's like, uh, Tell him I'll call him back. <laughs> anyway, continuing that quote. He did anything to relieve the suffering pain, from aspirin to champagne to sacred snow, which is their word for cocaine. Nothing worked. Nothing could work. He asked for water, rolled to a side, and as he looked into his mistress's eyes, quote, he quietly left his earthly physical body, end quote. The man, the God, the prophet, Yahuwah, Father Yod, James Edward Baker Jr., died on August 25th, 1975, at 53 years old.
0: <laughs> From a hang gliding accident.
1: Yeah. Fucking rock and roll. Fucking rock and roll, (laughs) I guess. Yeah.
2: He had like thirteen wives, fucking dollars a cold, this and that, and he went out on a hand gliding accident. Yep. He
1: healed that Samoan Uh, lady on the island too.
2: Yeah. That's on just
1: like damn. So after a few days.
2: Co- cover a stone right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After a few days, they cremated him and spread his his ashes over a beach. Video taken from around the time of his death shows one of his wives saying, quote, the cause of death was listed as unknown when they did the autopsy. There was no broken bones. There was no internal hemorrhage. There was nothing because his kundalini was, you know, it was released and he left his body spiritually, end quote. <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, no no No, not damn right. I think he died from falling <laughs> off a mountain. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's pretty much. Which exploded his kundalini out of his body.
1: But that was his spine breaking, but your kundalini is stored in your spine. It's like whatever.
2: <laughs> it's just like it's just like when you eat like the old, the old hippie thing where they're like, "Yeah, you know, every time you eat acid, there's a little bit stored in your spine. So when you're older, if you crack your back, <laughs> you
3: might be again
0: Yeah, I crack my back all the time. That should never happen.
1: No, I think that was yeah. made up as a fear tactic. Well, your
0: your kundalini, you need to work on a little bit here, yeah. bro. Don't <laughs> talk about my kundalini. <laughs>
1: so after his death the source family stuck around hawaii for a time broke with no prospects no leader and on an incredibly hostile island that just witnessed the crazy shit they were trying to avoid the group had no choice but to disband in 1977 two years after father yod's death some source family members look back on jim beck baker's death as a way for him to have released his followers uh, allowing them to move uh, from like from beyond his teachings as we mentioned when father yod said i am a man like any other man Zinaru said that it changed my relationship to him that day, and I know it. And Zinaru goes on... Yeah, yeah, on,
0: you know what else changed your relationship with him that day? Huh? He <laughs> fucking died! <God laughs> man,
1: and so, uh, Zinaru, who go- he goes on to describe this as, this epiphany as one of finally understanding the dynamic between a student and a teacher. The relationship between one, but between the two is meant to be temporary by its very nature. Because, quote... At the end of it all, we are all our own teacher and we are responsible for our own evolution. End quote. That's true. Yeah. Zinneru, I, I think Zinneru actually really does find like a um, a grain of opportunity here and finds like the healthiest way to, to approach it because, I don't know, being, being at the end of a cult is. Super traumatizing, and then watching your cult leader die in front of you is really bad. And it feels like Zinner has got a good head on his shoulders. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and so that was the end of the Source family for a while. On March twenty fifth, two thousand twenty three. The fuck! <laughs> Go home. Right. You're drunk. <laughs> A few of the Source members uh, gathered together for a Source source family-themed dinner put together by Atlas Obscura. And this is from the LA Times. Quote, At a private dinner in Malibu on March 25th, sponsored by the media company Atlas Obscura, guests including actors Patricia Arquette, Mark Ruffalo, music producer Rick Rubin, actor and producer Ben Sinclair, and original... Original Source Family uh, members and other curious parties were invited on a journey into the cult roots of health food. Continuing the quote, The menu, inspired by dishes at the original Source Restaurant, featured seven courses, including psychedelic toast, multidimensional soup, and a recreation of the restaurant's Aware Salad, served by staff engaged in Source Family cosplay. Just... (laughs) dressed in flowing oh, white salad <laughs> oh my fucking christ oh, so, yeah engaged in source family cosplay dressed in flowing white frocks and wigs
0: <laughs> see frocks frocks motherfucker
1: oh okay. no, you are right you're right i, I realize my mistake <coughs> Uh, Isis and fellow Source family members uh, Venus, Zarathustra, and Galaxy Aquarian blessed the meal with the ritual they performed in the family. And this is, this is uh, the article quoting those members. As above, so below, and around we go, Yahowah. they chanted with corresponding hand gestures, as if guiding energy around the 40-person table decorated with poppies, dill flowers, wheat, and cut papaya, a flower child's rendering of a medieval banquet. <laughs> So this is awesome. Atlas Obscura is like, let's do a <laughs> reunion, guys. Let's let's bring the band yeah. back together. You know, let's, yeah, yeah,
0: let's put the, the band, band back together. <laughs> <for Yeah. one laughs> it's last so tour. awesome.
1: It's so weird. <laughs> um, God damn it. In November of 2023, you know, so last month, Isis Aquarian, who who still receives telepathic messages from Father Yod, began work with several other filmmaker types to produce a book and a feature documentary entitled. Family, the Source Family scrapbook. According to the LA Times, several Hollywood types are working with the remaining Source family to create a limited series in which Ruffalo will pay Father Yod. Not much is. No,
0: shut the fuck up. Mark (laughs) Ruffalo's going to play Father Yod. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Stop. Oh, shit, dude. I watched that. Fuck me. I'm going to watch that. So, not
1: much more is known about the limited series, but I assume it will be on Netflix. (laughs) You know, next year or the year after. Um, and that, my friends, as we are here today on December 10th, uh, that's that's the story we have so far of the Source family and Edward, God, James damn. Edward Baker.
3: <laughs> how do you, how do you
1: Fucking guys. Fucking Jim Baker, man. <laughs> Old Jimmy. Old Jimmy. Old Jimmy B. How you guys feeling at the end of this?
0: God. Pre- well, I'm pretty, pretty sure I could see a I
2: bottle of Bragg's apple cider vinegar and I'm about to throw it away
0: <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I don't know it's that good. that's it's necessary good.
2: yeah it's just
0: snake that's oil. why it's the only thing left is because the only <laughs> thing that works yeah
1: <laughs> alright so do you guys have any final thoughts as we come to close out this episode
0: gosh no that guy hmm. is definitely he ran it but, <laughs> hey, you know I'll give him he did not kill everybody he didn't oh, kill everyone he killed himself and honestly, there it's wasn't. A pretty good cult leader, if you ask me. Yeah.
1: Like, and honestly, this was one of this might be one of the only episodes that we've done that doesn't have like racism involved in it. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I got. Well, to the...
0: I mean, we did talk huh. about uh, 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 Manson trying to start a race war. So there oh, was yeah, that. that.
1: That is uh, true. Yeah. Have, like, and I guess we talked about so. World War Two, which is inherently racist, but still, it wasn't the focus. It... So that's good.
0: I don't know that World War II is racist, but a lot of racist shit happened during World War II. Maybe that's
1: a better way to phrase it. (laughs) What were you saying, Sean?
2: (laughs) It just met the dudes. Yeah, He was like, shut up to the party and was like, oh, I'm going to try this over here. I'm just going to
1: try. Hell yeah. All right, well, since we're at the end of this, Sean, where can people find you on the internet? Do you have a thing that you want to share with people?
2: Oh, do I I don't know the don't old merit parcel stuff, the fourth corner studios, check out the Northern Delights,
1: I guess. Yeah, um, Northern Delights Cafe, Hayford, California. Yeah. Represent. Cool. All right. And uh Sam, is there what? Any, do you want to be found on the internet? Do you have any thing I that don't you want to be cool? found on the internet. Okay. Do you have anything that you except,
0: think
2: Except except
0: for here yeah,
2: yeah so, here here on
0: black sheep bad apples you can you can hear me every once in a while on uh the podcast a thousand ways okay um <laughs> uh very rarely am i on it uh and the episodes are really short there they don't they don't use uh lauren's uh uh mm-hmm. template
1: yeah definitely you know
0: <laughs> they're like 10 minutes long pretty digestible stuff but yeah. my friend my friend, uh, Elsie produces that. That's her podcast. It's pretty hippie. It basically sounds like source family material. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can buy but, uh, Bragg's vinegar without, with this discount code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's weirdly there's a
0: Bragg. No, yeah. no, no. No. Uh, uh but no, it, it's it's uh it's alternative we'll call it alternative thinking you know it's a different way of looking at the world that i think uh nobody in this podcast is really
1: unfamiliar with yeah we all we all know what the hell that is cool um so yeah check out thousand ways to die listeners and if uh no that's not it (laughs) oh is it just just thousand ways are you making this all up did i fall for a ruse
0: no, I don't. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she'll <laughs> tell me because I'm gonna. She's gonna listen to
1: this whenever it comes out. So listeners, just find something called a thousand ways. However, it's just the thousand different ways that it it is found on it's... the internet. And just follow that. Just follow like I don't know, hundred of them or something. Um, as for us, I've been your host Lauren O'Brien. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a Black Sheep and Bad Apples page. You can go there to suggest. Uh, episode ideas give us feedback comments whatever you want and if you like the show a lot you can find us on patreon where we're still going to be doing bonus content we just haven't had enough time to get to it um yeah like and comment us on facebook give us a share um find us on spotify Um, oh oh,
0: sorry hundred ways hundred ways
1: okay so it's called hundred ways ways. all right
0: hundred ways podcast and
1: uh yeah listeners go check out hundred ways and uh Until next time, we're going to end this episode and we hope to talk at you again soon. Bye-bye now. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye, listeners. (laughs) (laughs)